now, introducing the man who claimed to have no explanation for the sudden disappearance of all the cheese in Moncton, as while his staunch denials were initially accepted, there was a bit of backlash toward his Instagram post featuring his, quote, raclette bath, unquote, where he was pictured draped in melted cheese for what he called a new and improved spa treatment. Despite an initially unfavorable response to his karaoke performance and interpretive dance of the timeless classic The Bad Touch by the Bloodhound Gang, his intuition was rewarded after he was permanently banned from karaoke night altogether, which he insists was his goal all along. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Kyle. Young Jack is here as well. Got a lot to do on a Thursday edition of the program from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. Coming up in a little bit, we're going to meet a potential Orioles first-round pick. We're going to begin those conversations, try to check in with some of those guys in the coming weeks. If you remember a year ago, unfortunately the story is, is not great, but um, we literally it was two days before the draft that we had our conversation with Heston Kerstad, who ended up being the Orioles first-round pick, and clearly – um, scary situation, as Mike Elias used the term, inflammation of the heart. Um, uh, it's just, it's just terrifying. And again, I, as you keep, th- this is a very difficult thing because the impact of a number two overall pick not being able to play baseball is extraordinarily significant for an organization, but it's. It's unseemly to discuss that because the reality is you need to just be concerned about a human being and making sure that they're okay. But both are true. It's, it's both impactful to the Orioles as an organization that a number two overall pick in the draft has not seen a baseball field yet and has really almost been, yeah. certainly will not this season. And we don't know at all what that means moving forward there's no getting around that 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 is really when we talk about you know in a perfect world this was the timeline for the the orioles and how this could work and things haven't been perfect this is a pretty big one on the list Mm -hmm. but the 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 thing that matters is there's a human being who's had to go through personal hell during all of this, and none of it, to our understanding, their own fault. Sure. I mean, this was pre-vaccine availability. And, yes. You know. This is when we were in the midst of a pandemic that was gripping the country, and we didn't fully understand it. Now, again, somebody we might— still don't, by the way. Right? Like, no, there's no doubt about that. Now, there is a different world if somebody says, well, like, I know so-and-so was flaunting the, the guidelines, whatever. I don't know anything about that with Heston Kerstad. So unless there's something that somebody else knows that I don't, there's no reason for me to think that, like, and even, by the way, those people that do, it still doesn't mean they deserve. Like, when people say, uh, uh, I don't feel bad for that person for getting lung cancer, they smoked all the time. That doesn't mean that I'm okay with them getting lung cancer. That doesn't mean that, like. Or that it's as black and white as you smoke, correct, you have lung cancer. Correct. Correct. All of those things. So um, it's, it's a very awkward, it's very a very awkward conversation. Obviously, it's just awful what Heston Kerstad is going through. You hope, as a human, he's just able to be all right. And then, yes, um, as a as a baseball player, you hope that he's able to at least play the game at some point. 
whether or not he's able to live up to the billing of a number two overall pick ever again, I you know, not nearly as important on a human level. Clearly, it's an issue for the Baltimore Orioles. Speaking of issues for the Baltimore Orioles. You ever heard of fundamentals? We'll get back to that in a second. I guess I should say what else is coming up on the show. Um, Caden Grenier is going to check in with us. We make our weekly trip to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. Caden Grenier, suddenly a hitter. Um, and, like, really a hitter, not just a guy that's, like, getting by with the bat, which is something that we had all said we would probably accept from Caden Grenier because defensively he was so exceptional that it could, if he could just hit enough, he could be a Major League Baseball player. This isn't just hitting enough. This is hitting like crazy. We'll talk to Caden Grenier about that. As again, maybe the Orioles do have some solutions in the system as far as middle infielders are concerned. And um, also, it, we, we, we talked about it briefly at the end of yesterday's show. Jim Phelan, uh, iconic figure, college basketball Hall of Famer, legendary former coach at Mount St. Mary's, passed away yesterday, over 800 career wins. Um, we're going to remember the life of uh, Jim Phelan, his former player and former assistant, who ultimately became the head coach for a while at Mount St. Mary's, now is the head coach at George Washington, Jamie and Christian's going to join us later on this morning as well to help us remember Jim Phelan. So that's all coming up this morning here on GCR. If you haven't gotten to your neighborhood Royal Farms yet, encourage you to do that as they're available right now. That's the new print issue of Press Box that you see me holding up if you're with us on Facebook Live. You don't see me holding it up? Uh, no, no, you don't. Nobody looks at you, Kyle. That's a, everybody knows that. I got some sex appeal. You haven't seen the tape, have you? Yeah, I the unfor- tape, I unfortunately, say. I have. The mixtape. And that's why I know. There he is. Talia Tungavailoa on the cover, University of Maryland quarterback. As uh, You can get to your neighborhood Royal Farms today and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. And pick it up. It is, as always, free. Read the entire thing, pressboxonline.com. Um, not only the uh, cover story about Talia Tungavailoa, but... Um, some coverage in there for the ahead of the Olympics. Spoke to uh, some of the area Olympians. So a lot in there that you can go get right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. We talked about it a little bit before, but isn't it a little triggering to have things called 2020? I don't understand why it's triggering. Triggering. You see the like I can understand. I like, see the like, the year and I like it shivers. You know? Do you though? No. No. But I don't think so. it confuses me. It when I see it coverage on like TV, I'm looking at the guy. It's it like 2020 UEFA. Yeah, I'm like, what are they doing reruns? Doesn't do that to me either. I mean, like, I it's is it is it semi weird, semi. That's about as much as I'll give it. It doesn't doesn't really because I think we all know what's going on. <laughs> I think we're mean? all we've all been in this thing for long enough that I don't think it's something that's going to catch me too. I kind of just think we should eradicate the, the year, year 2020 <laughs> from history. I mean, I I hear you. I completely hear you. So, yeah, speaking of Orioles issues. Tim Duncan. Yeah, why, were we speaking of Tim Duncan? We He's should, fundamental. Oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. Oh, we should, I was just going to say we should speak more about Tim Duncan. <sighs> Orioles lost again last night. Don't know if you guys heard. Almost had it. Yeah, I mean, as it turns out, it ended up being uh, a quite the compelling, at least close game. <sighs> Didn't go their way. And part of it not going their way was pretty inexcusable. Their own doing. Mm-hmm. As Jose Ramirez shot a single, single quality to, single. Yeah. He really got that one through the end. Shot that one right through to right field. You're not stopping that man from getting to first base. Certainly are not. And look, the truth is, at least when you have a runner caught between first and second base, you didn't let him get past third. 
Yeah, that's true. So I think there's you didn't a lot him, of... You didn't even let him stay a second, you know? There's a lot of negativity involved, right? Right. But I don't know if you noticed, the catcher came out a little bit late. Yeah. He probably could have taken home as well. Yeah. But somebody scrambled back. Didn't it just At feel least. like... like you were like, are there nine guys on the field right now? Oh, it definitely had that feeling. It definitely had that feeling. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, I don't I don't know. God bless you for avoiding it. That's 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 good on you. I don't know how you have because it's it's Making not the rounds. It's not quite the pirates thing from a couple weeks ago, but it ain't far off. This remember when I was saying like it doesn't bother me that they've lost uh, all these many games. Yeah. That's more of anomaly. Like the mm-hmm. the, the pirates thing is or, like, the really the idea embarrassing. That, like, thing. Oh my god, we can't blame Brandon Hyde. Like this is not something that we can. It's this is probably the first time where I've kind of had I, a little I bit still, of ire. If toward, I'm being honest with you, I still struggle with the notion of this being Brandon. I'm not Hyde's saying fault. it's Brandon Hyde, right? Yeah. This isn't me saying oh the reason they did not execute that run is because Brandon Hyde didn't do his job, but. When you do the thing where you remember how the Orioles found success yeah. at the start of the 2010 decade, and the idea that Buck Showalter came in and said, well, the one thing we can control is fundamentals, is playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. The players might not be the best. We're probably going to have less talent than the guys we're facing. Yes. But we are not going to beat ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I still struggle with the idea of, of, of whether a lapse in a moment is the fault of a... This isn't me saying, fault of know, a firebrand and I, firebrand. But it is me saying it's, a, it's an extremely bad look. Well, it's a horrendous look. Nobody is debating that it's a horrendous, unthinkable look. It is... You know, it's little league stuff. It's it's, it's and, and and credit I'm taking nothing away from Jose Ramirez. Credit so to Jose Ramirez, who smart and one hundred percent opportunities. Yes. If 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 he hadn't gotten to third base, it wouldn't have made the rounds quite the same. Probably, probably not, but it would still be just as embarrassing from a fundamental no, no. aspect that they they would have someone in a rundown and not be able to get them out. Mm-hmm. That can never. Happen. That's Trey Mancini did his job. He was ready. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I wish a few others would have been more prepared for what was going on. There. I mean, it's just pure laziness. It's just your head not being in the game. And by the way, these are the reasons why when these things happen, I I, I separate. I can't even really have a conversation about Brandon Hyde because I have no idea what happened in that moment. I have no idea why someone's brain, the synapses in their brain, were not firing. We all have moments like this in life. Now, again, we're not all paid, you know, handsomely to be baseball players, but we all have moments in like this where our brain just isn't working for whatever reason. I have experienced far more of them since becoming a father and not getting as much sleep. That that it just it occurs sometimes. The thing that you know you're supposed to do that you've done a million times before, just in for whatever reason, in that moment you are incapable of doing it. But it, it was makes, a Shared experience. It was. Like, it's not like you can go some point of it to was one a, guy. You say that, but some of it was a forced shared experience because the first person didn't get the job done, right? Like, all of a sudden, other people are scrambling to cover for that person and forgetting, hey, by the way, somebody should probably go stand over there. Was it Franco who should have been at second? Correct. Yes, yeah. correct. And, you know, like, if you're a catcher, 
and there's a rundown between first and second base. You, you, third. you say that, but like in in your mind, you should never have to go to. Why would you ever have to go to third? Because we've I all these years of baseball, you I have these under, hammered home. I understand what you're saying, Kyle. I understand like, that. I'm not a but baseball player, but it was I, hammered home for me Kyle, in high school. I understand <laughs> what you're saying, but the likelihood of something like that occurring at your level of baseball is far more significant than at this level of baseball. At th- this is like when people scream about Manny Machado running out ground balls, right? Like, of course you're supposed to run out ground balls. But Manny Machado understands, I'm not beating this out. It ends up being a terrible look the time there's a bad throw or something like that. I don't think this is that. I you, don't. No, it is. It's that. No. If you're a catcher and there's a runner between first and second base in the major leagues, there is no thought that you will ever need to be at third base. In the major leagues, I hear you. that's not a thing that exists. Look, I'm not even now, directing my ire towards Severino. Like it's not or wins. Was it, it was wins. I think, I think it was. I thought it was Severino last night. I think it might be right. All right. I'm not saying my. You know, of course it starts with Franco. Like that's who you are initially being. Like, dude, what, what the hell? Right. But it was a. I understand what you are saying. You still are a professional baseball player. You still are responsible for your role. And while the percentage chances of something like that happening I, I, are so I, low. Again, th- that's, the co- that's the comparison to Manny Machado running out a ball. The percentage chance of you getting up on first base when you hit a ground ball to shortstop is next to none. But there's some percentage that it might. And so the frustration that people have about Manny Machado not running out ground balls is warranted. And in the same way, yes, of course, I'm frustrated that Severino didn't go over towards third base. But I also get it. I get it. In the same way that I get the Manny Machado stuff. I get it. But I, I get how it happened. That's, it's embarrassing. It's a bad look. But I get it. I, I, There's I, I, no I, way that a runner be- caught between first and second base in the major leagues get it. should ever but that is end still, up in a play at third base. You are still... The, the coaching of all of this, the way you are taught. I, the, and I understand you know that this is a fundamental issue, that the problems are that the players did not do their jobs. Yes. But in any scenario where the coaching says third baseman's leaving, yes, <laughs> somebody has to cover third. Correct. Like that's anything could happen that could go wrong in a I, rundown. I, you could have a botched throw, a dropped ball. I understand all that. of that. It, again, you're, what you're saying is the direct comparison to every time that you're coached, when you hit a ground ball, you run it out. That's the way that it works. The pitcher's like, always supposed to back this up. This is, you know, like it's. I understand everything you're saying. Each player but has their job. And it doesn't change the fact that as an adult human, as someone who is involved in Major League Baseball, it's understandable to me that a catcher would not be scrambling to run to third because the runner's caught between first and second. Obviously, we're going to get this out. Obviously. Now, again, I get it. It, it just kind of feels like a, the idea that a horrible like in basketball, if somebody has a wide-open layup on a fast break, another player being like, why would I crash the boards? You see it all the time. But it doesn't make it. I'm like, not telling you that it's good or that it's what you're supposed to do or that I love it, anything along those lines. But these things happen, and I, I, I struggle with the indignity to me is what happened between first and second. The other thing is just the reason why it looked like. It was the cherry on top. It was, I mean, I it, get it. it was, the indignity is you got a runner between first and second, and you can't get him out. There was only. It was not like there was four throws. 
no, back and forth. No, this isn't this isn't some goofy thing. It was pretty cut and dry. Yeah. You just didn't get there. That's unacceptable. Like that's unacceptable. Period. The other part of it again just makes it look like a you know it, it's the type of thing that means I now have to deal with it as a fan. That everybody's going to show it to me and everybody's going to freak out about it. With that in mind, I do want to try to have some fun with it and fun, if you will. I would like for you all to share with me where this ranks now on the list of indignities that you've experienced as an Orioles fan, and I get it. It's a lengthy list. Now, I'm also not trying to, you know, I'm I'm not trying to make anybody feel worse about their life. Like I there have been plenty of positive wonderful moments. As Orioles fans over the years. We just had one earlier this season when John Means threw a no-hitter. It was it was splendid. It was quite swell. But we didn't have that last night. We had indignity. We had embarrassment. Still almost had them win a game, but they didn't. And so there's also that. However, the Diamondbacks are making it real tough. Are they at home now? Hopefully. Real tough. Can we catch uh, up good? I think the Orioles have one more game on the road, correct? Yeah, but then they're home too. Yeah, I know. So they like can't. Six days. They can't catch up. Well, they could. N- n- not eventually. at home. Yeah, maybe eventually, but not while they're at home. Uh, the Diamondbacks also have one more today on the road. They so could the break Orioles it. cannot. Yes, they could break the record for the longest road losing streak today. The Diamondbacks are in San Francisco for one more, and then they are back at home f- next week, and then they go to the Padres next weekend. So they don't win today. Then they would. Let me see when the Orioles. The Orioles are, at, I believe, home for the entire week as well. They have six games at home after this. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. So both teams will be back on the road next week. The Orioles, however, are going to Buffalo instead of. Uh, they're they're going to play the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are all right. Yeah, they're all right. They are all right. Getting as good as anyone in the league. So, uh, so there's all of that. There's all that. But I want your lists. Um, give me where this ranks for you on indignities that you have suffered as an Orioles fan. Uh, Nick Kelly says the 0-21 start, which, of course, a lot of you are a bit too young Mm -hmm. to have any recollection of or to mean anything for you. It barely means anything to me. I was that young at that point. It really, very, very vague, vague memory. Nothing to me other than a record. uh, Honestly, the Why Not team was the first team that I really have any feelings for at all. Like the the, the 0-21 team, I was too young for that to have meant anything to me. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really register me too. For, even for me. Yes, you mu- you were not alive. <laughs> you were not alive for that. Jack wasn't alive for any of these things. Jack wasn't alive for uh, for most of the things that are make this list. Um Jay puts Jeffrey Mayer at number 2. That's difficult because it wasn't it's less an indignity and more an anomaly, I think the Jeff Mayer thing. Uh 33 of course is number 3 on his list. The last night the rundown is number 4 and then Marty Cordova in the tanning bed. God, I always forget about that. Is number 5 on his list. Get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Uh tough moment last night. Where does it rank for you at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter? We'll talk about it throughout the course of today's show. Great offer for you today from Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows plus no money down, no payments and no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. We were just talking to Jim Callis from MLB Network and MLBPipeline.com the other day. And if you check Jim Callis' most recent mock draft, he has the Baltimore Orioles using the fifth pick to select our next guest. He is an outfielder from Boston College. It's a pleasure to welcome into the program Sal Freilich, who's with us on GCR. 
Sal, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely, dude. It's great to catch up with you. Sal, if I could, could you just sort of like take me through what life looks like for you right now? I'm sure you'd rather be like in Omaha getting ready to play some baseball games at this moment, but um, everything in front of you, what, what is a day in the life of Sal Freilich today? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, wish I was playing college baseball still. And uh, during the season, it was definitely easier to kind of tune out all the draft talk. But um, you know, now it's you know only about a month away. It's kind of uh, easier to see it coming up. But basically, wake up in the morning, hit lift uh, up at BC. I'm a local guy, so and then I uh, come home and kind of just hang out with friends and family, just because uh, I only got a couple more weeks here before. Uh, you know, kind of start next chapter of my life. I, I, I want to, I'm going to have to ask this question and it's awkward, but can I assume based on you say, you know, you're a local guy, did, did you grow up like a big Red Sox fan? Yeah, I actually, yeah, I, I have been a Red Sox fan my whole life. <sighs> uh, I'm uh, always at Fenway Park, but I mean, at the same time, uh, I obviously would be absolutely exact. To go to any, I, 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 I know that's ball. true. I know that's true. Sal, and I understand that. <laughs> and you don't have to, and, and you're, and you're, are you willing to, if it's, let's just say it's the Orioles. Are you willing to renounce your lifelong <laughs> Red Sox fandom at that point? Yes, absolutely. All right, that's, that. <laughs> that's what we needed to know. That was all that mattered to us is that if it plays out that way, we can get that. <laughs> hey, Sal, uh, take me back for you. Uh, wh- when did you know, when did you know that baseball wasn't just like a fun thing that you were doing at what point in your life did you say, oh, my God, this is going to be a way that I might go about making my living? Yeah, I mean, um, I would probably say the end of my freshman year in college. Um, I was a three-sport athlete in high school, so I hadn't really even narrowed down a sport until I got to college. Wow. And it was baseball, and um, I think I had a really good freshman campaign. And um, I think after that season, I was like, you know, I can play with you know the best of them and um, kind of set my eyes towards that. If I remember, you, you were a quarterback, correct, in football? Yes, that's right. In high school, and um, I was kind of debating whether or not to play. Did, did uh, you did you have oppor- and, did you have opportunities to like to go play at a high level as a as a quarterback in college? Yeah, so I was actually being recruited as a as like an athlete, like a kick return or punt return, just because I was a undersized okay. guy. But um, I was actually I was committed to Boston College for for both football and baseball for uh, maybe a couple weeks. Um, and, and my baseball coach at BC kind of made me revisit the whole plan just cause, um, I guess he had saw that potential I had in baseball and told me that I need to focus on just that. And I kind of went looking elsewhere. I was telling my football coach in high school that season, Hey, like, listen, any offers that come in, just let me know. I think I really want to explore doing both. And, um, by the time I was a senior in high school, um, I really had narrowed it down, and I, and I kind of just stuck with baseball. I understand. By the way, it, it seems like your coach was kind of smart. Right? <laughs> like, <he laughs> That's might, what I tell him now. Yeah, he might have known what he was talking about. Sal Freilich is with us, Boston College outfielder, potential Orioles first-round pick. He joins us here on GCR. Um, Sal, there's no chance that you happened. So it, it's funny you bring up your football and that you were going to go be a, a punt returner, kick returner type. Um you have never maybe seen the video, uh, you know, Orioles prospect Adley Rutschman was a kicker at one point at Oregon <laughs> State. There's a legendary video of him leveling someone on a return. Have you ever happened to see this video? I have not. I've never seen that. Oh, God, I wish you – I'm now imagining a scenario that if you happen to be drafted by the Orioles, we're going to have to do this at some point. Like, we're going <laughs> to have to have Adley kick off and you attempt to return it past him just to see – Yeah, right. All my, you're, you might not be after you see this video. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I have to watch the video. <laughs> Dude, that guy – 
that guy, I, I don't know who it was that was returning it. I think he's still feeling it today <laughs> <laughs> that Adley Rutschman leveled on him. Um, uh, Sal, you know, for being up in that area, you were a hockey player too? Correct. I was the winner. So, so like, is that just the way that's like a birth type of thing? Like when you, when you grow up in, in New England, they, they give you a hockey stick at some point, like you, you at least have to play for a little while. Yeah. Well, I would say that, uh, you definitely skate being, I mean, especially from the area I am like everyone grows up in the winter, you can go on the reservoir, the lakes and skate and stuff like that. So we were always skating growing up and then. I mean, basketball's still big here, but um, I kind of fell in love with hockey. I'm at an early age, was skating early, so me and all my my buddies were uh, were kind of goons on the ice, but we loved hockey. It, it, it's not thought of the area that you're from. That's the funny part, right? Like football, hockey, those things make more sense. You know, everybody thinks of baseball players as being California and Florida right. and warm weather areas, right? Places right. where you you know don't have to go inside for six months because it's so bloody cold. What right. what drove your love for baseball and turning you into this player that you became? Yeah, and I think uh, I mean I think the the biggest thing too with New England baseball is you're starting to see it, and, and the kids that I was playing with, you know, that were older than me, that were really really talented coming from my area, would always go, like you said, out to California West Coast. They would go down south for their college baseball, and a big thing for me was wanting to to keep that um, talent local. So I mean, when Boston College came knocking for baseball, it was almost a no brainer for me. Um, just because I was going to be able to play in, in the Northeast. And, you know, you're starting to see some really talented players come come out of the Northeast, but it's kind of um, what appealed to me was just that gritty, tough brand of baseball. I think that's uh, what kind of sums up New England baseball in, in, in a couple words. So why are you the best college bat in this draft? I mean, I think it's just a, a mix of, you know, above to average power along with a, a really good hit tool. Um, I'm not going to strike out a lot. I'm always going to put the ball in play, and I think my speed gets me on base um, a lot with that. And um, I, I know you see in the MLB right now, strikeouts going up and home runs going up as well. But I do think the game is kind of shifting back towards that, you know, hitting for average and, and balls back in play. And I think I'm I'm the perfect player for that. Have you always had that sort of patient approach? I mean, you had literally more walks than strikeouts for a portion there. I mean, is that something that you've always prided yourself on as a baseball player? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Um, I knew that if I'm putting the ball in play, that gives me the best chance to get on base. And if I'm swinging and missing a lot, I'm, I'm not giving myself an opportunity. And that started at a young age. And um, I think my freshman campaign in college, it was more just put the ball on the ground and beat it out. And um, I think that was a very um, you know good start for me in college. But I really wanted to develop into showing the power that I have. And I, you know, I did definitely think I hit way more doubles this year and, and started to showcase a little bit more of that power and, and kind of develop into that bat. But um, I definitely think that's the mindset I always uh, went up to the plate with. Do you believe yourself to be like a hair on fire type? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I started off hitting two this year, moved back to the leadoff role, and you know, I do really like that, especially when we're um, playing away and I get to you know start the whole baseball game off with my bat and kind of just set the tone for the game. It's always been my favorite thing to do. So how do you decide? Let's say you hit a, a ball through the hole between first and second. How do you decide when you're going to try and stretch it to two? Uh, anytime the ball is put in play, in the box. As soon as I see it get past the infielders, I'm 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 already going to second. <laughs> the only time I stop is if the outfielder stops me. All right, so is the okay? Is there is there a particular story about maybe a mistake that you've made in making these decisions that that guys still give you crap about? I wouldn't say there's a mistake. So so in the fall and in, in fall ball here up at BC, my coach kind of, especially this fall, we said, all right, anytime you hit a single, just run to two. And no matter what, just so you can see 
different areas where you hit the ball, where it's going to be a close play or where you can get out. Okay. Close. So this ball, I'd hit like a single up the middle, right to the center fielder, and I'd try stretching for a second. <laughs> I'd get thrown out by like 40 steps. And there's other times where, no, I might hit like a bloop or something over the shortstop's head, and I coast into second before I couldn't have. So I think uh, that fall definitely saved me some from some uh, embarrassment in the spring, but. Um, kind of got to experiment with that a little bit. So is this the, the is it the type of thing? It's South Freilich is with us here in GCR. Is it the type of thing where this is just the only way that you know how to play, and like there, there's just no way that somebody could break you of something like you're you're going to be aggressive. It's just in your nature. It's who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, especially like I said, being that leadoff hitter, um, you know, I think there's a common misconception that um, you, you got to take the first pitch. And I think I, if there's a fastball. Over the plate, first pitch, I swing out at ninety-seven percent of the time, just because that's the aggressive person I am, and I'm going to go deep in counts. I'm going to have good at bats. But at the same time, if I lose that aggressive edge, and I lose my, you know, upper hand on other competitions, so that's always how I've carried myself and played the game. The uh, the Orioles have a history of looking for college bats, and so your name has certainly come up quite a bit because you are a top college bat in this draft. What just just the thought, right, of being a top five pick? And, and again, I know you're going to be happy no matter where it is, but what would that mean to you to be a top five pick in the MLB draft? Yeah, I mean it's 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 really surreal, and um, like I said, you know, three years ago I didn't even know if I was playing baseball or not, and um, you know, kind of had some injuries throughout college, and this was my first full season of of college baseball year round was my junior year of high school, and to kind of put that all together and see where I am today is super special. I'm just really grateful for the opportunity. You you know the other thing too that comes along at the Orioles in the midst of a um, uh, we're going to call it a rebuild. It's uh, It's been a struggle. Uh, I don't know if you, you saw what happened last night. Not great, but, um, you know, it's what it is. There's a lot more attention that's being paid. There were there were 5,000 people that showed up for a double-A baseball game uh, down the road the other day mm-hmm. because Grayson Rodriguez made his first start. There is a bigger spotlight on guys in this system immediately than are in other systems that are loaded starting at the top. How prepared do you think you would be to handle that type of attention that would come with immediately entering an organization and on day one being someone who's faced with expectations? Yeah, and I think that's something that I've always loved, and I think this you know goes back to um, playing three sports in high school, and, and I valued that competition and year-round playing so much over just specializing in one sport that's kind of prepared me. That you know, I've come to college and I've kept that competitive edge with me. That no matter the expectation, how big the moment is, um, the only thing I can I, I think about is just beating the guy in front of me, and um, that's always given me the upper hand. And so I know that you know whatever organization drafts me, that's the player they're going to get. And no matter how big the spotlight is, I'm always going to play the best of my ability. So then with all that, like, you know, you mentioned the specialization in youth sports and how you kind of, you know, eschewed that route, how much of a, you know, steeper, like how much room for growth do you think you still have as a baseball player due to the fact that you have only been committed to baseball solely for this three-year span? Yeah, I mean, I mean, so much room for growth. And, and not just uh, that I've been, only been playing baseball alone for those three years, but, I mean, um, I was a converted infielder so I play outfield now and um, I'm obviously kind of a utility can still play the infield but I first time I ever played outfield in the game was the first game my freshman year and um, I finished up and I was in right field then and center a little bit and finished my junior year in center this year so I think especially the growth um, defensively is something big for me and I've always found that athletically and physically I've been able to do almost anything taught to me but it's just actually growing and learning the position more and learning the game more 
Um, I what a, what a ride. <laughs> you know, like, are you the type that if you go and decide to play golf tomorrow, you're gonna end up being <laughs> like a you know a scratch golfer within three years, or is it <laughs> does stuff like that just come to you? Uh, I I I definitely think. Uh from an athletic standpoint, I can kind of grasp some stuff, but I mean, Jesus, if, if you line someone up against me and, and they're better than me at it, then I'll, I'll probably be good at it within the next couple of weeks. But, uh, other than that, I think it's just a, uh, some some things just come easier to me. What is one thing you suck at? Okay. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. It's something that like, no matter what, you're just like, I can't pick this up. Oof. Um, I don't know. I, going off the golfing, I'm not the best golfer yet. I, I wouldn't say I'm uh, anywhere close to scratch golfer. Um, I do I do do it for enjoyment. I think later on down in my uh, my life, as as you know, I start to hang up the cleats and start to golf a lot more. Um, I think that's when I'll get definitely get way better. But I'm not the best golfer. Right where, now. where where did your competitive side come? I, and I'll I'll make another comparison to Adley Rutschman because he he let us know a couple years ago it was his mom that like drove it mm-hmm. out of him. Like they would. They would go golf, and his mom would like talk s to him. Like, yeah. where yeah. did where did it come from for you? Yeah, it's definitely the same. I mean, it's a household thing. So I have a older brother, younger sister. And we're actually all exactly thirteen months apart. We're really close. <laughs> so and, random. <laughs> um, my brother, he just graduated Northeastern down the street. Um, he was playing baseball there, and my sister is. She's a softball uh, player, right? Yes, yeah, so she's yeah. out playing softball, and so we grew up legitimately. You know, we come home from school and. You do your homework and you go outside and basically just kick the stew out of each other until it's dinner time. And that's what we did every single day. We, different games where they're playing like dodgeball or basketball or street hockey, whatever we're doing, we'd go outside, absolutely bang each other up and just come back in for dinner. That's what we did every day. And that's how we got competitive. And I think that's, you know, not just me personally, but if you look at them as well, what kind of um, led to some success after high school in sports. It's working out for you. It's working out all right for you. I, uh, when I was doing my deep dive on you on social media, what, what's your relationship with Hudson Haskin? Why why were you so invested in him being drafted by the Orioles last year? Yeah, I mean, so I played with Hudson uh, my junior summer um, up at Northeast Baseball. And, um, I was just rem- And then I had followed him his freshman year in Tulane and um, how he was doing there. I just remember the first time I saw him play, I, I just completely resonated with it. I think he's just unbelievably athletically gifted. Um, how he played the outfield, how he played the game, just played so hard. And I think it's rare nowadays um, that you find that type of player who, when nobody's watched, they go hard 90 down to first on you know a routine ground ball to short. And um, Hudson was that type of kid. And um, I know I love playing his game. And I'm, I'm still following him a little bit now. I know he's I'm kind of tearing it up for you guys. Yeah. So it's really fun to watch. Yeah, we're excited about that, man. That'd be, uh, that'd be kind of neat, right, if you ended up uh, being in the same place as him. That would be kind of be a, cool. a really cool story. So I know you're going to be excited uh, no matter what, no matter how this plays out, man, but um, we're really excited to just not have you be a Red Sox fan anymore. Just one less. <laughs> one less. Oh, man. Can I assume Patriots fan too? Like, should I assume that as well? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a primary Patriots fan. Okay. Actually, Steelers fan. Oh, oh my god! god. Yeah, it might, it? Be might be worse. Might be worse. How did you just make that worse? We were like, yes, yeah. sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen our faces the way that just I went. Know. We were so excited. Like what the hell? <laughs> how did that happen? So that's what my my dad's side of the family is from Pittsburgh, and my oh. dad actually played football at Pitt. So um, we'd always be down there, and um, so I'm a Red Sox fan, but I'm a Penguins and Steelers fan. <sighs> You know, yeah. this is the like. I know. Right, well, hold on, hold on. Can you renounce your Steelers fandom too if you were drafted oh, by Baltimore? Oh, oh boy. Uh, oh. Oof. 
Maybe. <laughs> I, I appreciate the honesty, right? But like every, everything about you, I, I, it's really weird that we had this conversation and we liked you so much because everything about you says we should truly hate you. Like, <laughs> just despise your being, but yet you came off as a really good guy. I'm so confused by that. <laughs> Um, Sal, where can uh, Orioles fans be following you on social media as we get closer to the draft? Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Yeah, Twitter and Instagram. I'm just at Sal Freelich. It's just my name. Um, so you guys can follow me. Keep, keep me up to date with uh, everything that's going on. So. All right. I love that. Uh, Sal, first of all, congratulations on everything that you've accomplished, man. Um, seriously. it's a, what, what a career you've had in college. and. You know, we, we, we hope that it's the Orioles. We hope that we don't have to deal with you for the next 15 <laughs> years of being baseball fans. Appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. Best of luck to you as you go through this process, all right? Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Sal Freelick from uh, Boston College. Again, a potential Orioles first-round pick. Great dude. I hate the fact that he's a Red Sox and a Steelers fan because he couldn't be a better dude, right? Like, in the type of player that – you just know is is going to be a problem no matter what. Now, some of you would say, right, but um, you know, I I don't want the Orioles to go under slot, and I don't I I I understand all of that. Um, you know, I you I think there are other guys that are better. Um, this is an exact science. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It is not an exact science. Uh, the recent uh, mock draft, MLB Pipeline just came out with one, and they had Lawler at five. This is this yeah. is Jonathan Mayo yeah. just did his most recent mock draft, and yeah, Lawler, who some people think, think is the most talented player in the draft. Correct. Right? This is how this is how weird this year's draft is. It really is all over the place. And Job was still going ja- to the Tigers at ja- three for what it's worth. Ja- and by the way, like yesterday or whatever day that we had Jim Callis on, um, we I. I we put up we put up the audio later on Twitter, mm-hmm. and the, I I what I pulled out from it was Jim Callis saying yes, you know the Orioles covet Jack Leiter, mm-hmm. but it's still not even a guarantee that they would take him if you were on the board kind of thing. Right, and I don't remember exactly how I worded it, something like that. Um, or I, I said Leiter's going to four in this one. That's what I, I said I said. Um, I think I, I think I pointed it. He said that it's not a guarantee that if he's not there, they go under slot, right? Like that's the way that I led into the question. Like, are you saying that it's right. basically lighter or under slot? Mm-hmm. And he was like, No, there, there's other guys they like. They could take Henry Davis from Louisville. They could, you know. A, a, now the odd part about Jonathan Mayo goes back to the conversation we've had before. It's it would be weird that after two college players in the third year. Of doing this, but not unprecedented. Not, Carlos I'm Correa not, was. I'm a not saying it's unprecedented, but Carlos Correa was under slot. I'm aware, remember? but I. Um, it would not be unprecedented for them to do it, mm-hmm. but it would just be a little be bit different, weird yes. when we talk about timeline. When we talk about what is the timeline for when all of this comes together? And of course, all things are not equal. Different players, high school players, are more ready. Like Bobby Wood appears to be quite good right now. Some right? of them certainly appear to be uh, ready quicker than others do. There's no doubt about that. But it would still, again, the weird is just the word that I'll use. I'll use weird. But I would tend to side on the it. idea of go get, get the best get, player. I'm not, yeah. I don't debate you on that. Right. Get the, the best player that you can possibly get. And But I know it's a volume thing as well. Like Get as many best players as you and can get. And so. there is this weird thing going on this year where there is far more of an unknown. It is not nearly – by the way, it wasn't as lined up as we thought it was a year ago. Like We thought it was – Austin Martin was definitely mm-hmm. – the number two player, and some people thought he was number one player. It wasn't just the Orioles that didn't 
grab Austin Martin. There were, and by you know, as people pointed out, it's not been a good start to Austin Martin so far. Very sure. early, lots of time for that to change. Make that very clear. But he has not proven himself so far sure, right to be, be the surefire, can't slam guy, dunk. Yeah. You screwed up on this. What the hell were you thinking? Um, type of prospect. And now, a lot of this goes back to a trust. Th- I personally do trust. And by the way, some some people scouting. might have said that about Adley in his first, you know, taste of professional you know, ball. I will, of course, we have no choice but to. But I will defer to Elias, Maidal, and company in determining because they are look. The one thing I do like most about them is their scouting background. How much we were told when they were aboard that they prioritize scouting. And it's obviously paired with analytics. It's not as if they are only going to the old baseball folks and saying, hey, how's this guy look? But they are focused on perhaps things that other teams aren't maybe overlooking but might not prioritize. And mm-hmm. in talking to Sal Freelich, right? Or Freilich? Freilich? It's, you know, it's he funny. He kind of said Freelich, didn't but, he? But it's listed in the pronunciation guide as Freilich. Okay. Well, and they, that's how they pronounce it all year. He kind of said Freilich at the it end. It didn't sound like – it sounded like Freilich. It, yeah. it didn't sound like – E like a E, but it didn't sound like an A either. He so seems like the exact type of guy that, in a scouting sense, of a character of a player, right? And the intangibles that maybe you would need to have experience in baseball to really determine mm-hmm. that would like you know, yeah, be I mean, off I, the charts. I hear you, and I think that the the, the but somebody three would say sport if, background. If you I think, can, if you can get a shortstop with power, of course, you're always you know that's always the guy, mm-hmm. right? I, I just. I don't know. I, I don't know. Don't, Look, I, I don't have the answer. You know, any shortstop you're taking top five better not only have power, of course, right? Like they yes, better have. But, that, know, but, that, no, but shortstop, someone it. who is legitimately a shortstop mm-hmm. who also has power, that's always going. That's Alex. That's why Alex Rodriguez was the most, the most significant prospect mm-hmm. in the history of the Major League Baseball draft. Because now, in fairness, he was also the first of that type, right? Yeah, like he was the. But he wasn't a number one overall pick. Remember? It was a year where he could have yeah, been. I understand. There were like there were some pretty good players at the top of that draft. I'm very understanding of that. Um, but he even he wasn't Alex. Alex Rodriguez is the prototype I of the player that you're looking for. And now the question is, are any of these guys that type of guy? Well, you know, talking, no, they're not Alex Rodriguez. But like Mayer in particular, everybody thinks could be something special, mm-hmm. could be something particularly special. Lawler, don't know. Um, well, list goes down. Well, Brady right? House, like, um, uh, the, the other guy, Khalil Watson, all of these guys. Like there, there is not a consensus about just much of anything regarding the top of this draft. There really is not. This is, and again, we're month out, so it might not. Within a month, we might find consensus at some point, but a month out, there appears to be. It's all over the place. So I put up this thing yesterday about, or the, the day that we had Jim Callis on, and the first thing I got back was from a Tigers reporter. A Tigers reporter who doesn't follow us found this, retweeted it, like a fi- uh, Bally Sports or whatever their mm-hmm. local, and said. I didn't even know that was a thing until recently. Bally Sports. All like- the old Fox Sports became, were bought by Sinclair, okay. and they rebranded them as Fox Sports, or, Bally or as Sports. Bally Sports, okay. sorry. So this guy retweets it and says something along the lines of, well, there's no chance he's ending up at number five. And this is Allu- about... Alluding to the Tigers, right? Alluding to if he's at three, the Tigers Lighter, are taking specifically? Him. Yeah, Jack Leiter yeah. specifically. And there's not even an assumption from either Jim Callers or Jonathan Mayo that the Tigers are taking sure. Jack Leiter. Like, they're both 
they now Keep both to Job have said Job is the guy. And he's a hell of a magician. A month ago, yeah, yeah, Joe Bluth, of course. A month ago, nobody was talking about Job. N- nobody was not in this context, not as a top five guy in the draft. So, yeah. I don't have any answers, man, but we're going to attempt to meet as many of these guys as we can uh, over the course of the next few weeks uh, that might end up becoming Baltimore Orioles. Today's program is also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. You can go to C3America.com right now or call 410-401-9797 to get your free analysis C3America.com, again, is the website. And speaking of C3 American Exteriors, Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Stein caught up with Ryan Odom last night, former UMBC coach, one of our good friends, uh, now the head coach out at Utah State. You can find that conversation by going to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and clicking on the Videos tab, or you can find it at PressBoxOnline.com. All of Stan's shows are brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Um, when we come back in, a couple other things I wanted to get to. Um, I got to really, oh, you know what? I want us to call, do me a favor. I'll, you know, I'll talk about it in break. I want to check in. You know, we got a big day tomorrow. We got a big day tomorrow. I just want to uh, yeah. check in on where we are with uh, all yes, of that. The yeah, so we'll uh, we'll try to do that. And we got some other things that I want to get to. And more of your lists of um, indignities as well. That's all on the way. It's uh, Glenn Clark Radio from Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Bel Air Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. 
With competitive pricing and an AM Best A minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit you are out you are listening to glenn clark radio all right back in here on gcr from the chesapeake employers insurance studio of press box hour number one of today's program is also brought to you by mobile one mobile one full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life visit your local jiffy lube service center ask for mobile one um so again i'm i'm not I, i'm trying to separate the two things and what i'm looking for in these lists today like heartbreaks are not it's not embarrassing. No. Like, that, I think they're I mean, different. Really. These are different things. So, like, my buddy Joey got in and said, Lenny Webster's pass ball in the 1997 ALCS. Yeah, I mean, it was it was heartbreaking. It was awful. But that wasn't an indignity. That was a, the team was so good that the moment hurt us so much. I'm talking about the true, in, the embarrassment. I mean, there really is only one answer the, for me. What? 30, 30 to 30. But I, I think okay. I think that that part of that is age related. I, I thirty to three resonates in a way because of the actual nature of the number, right? right. It was like, it was so representative of the era of my um, of my life as an Orioles fan. It was like a little bit of it was like, of course that happened, but you still never thought it was possible. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't think I ever felt that way. Like I just don't. I never felt. I. I this is the weird part about that day to me, right? Is like I, I honest to God, almost thought they were going to turn around and just win game two of a doubleheader because like it would just be such an, uh, a baseball anomaly thing. They did not. They ended up getting swept that day, as we'll remember. And by the way, it wouldn't have been thirty to three today because they would have never played the eighth and ninth innings. That would have never happened. And if I remember correctly, the eighth inning was when the Rangers put up ten. If I remember right about that day. Um, I mean, I just remember. I mean, I remember that. 
that day very well. And it's not even about watching the game. I didn't watch the game, thank God. It's about checking and seeing and being like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, was in the parking lot at Towson. By the way, it was the eight, in the eighth and ninth innings, they scored 16 of the 30 runs. So in today's baseball, it would have only been 14 to three. So that's downright respectable. I was in the parking lot at Towson Commons. Yes. Me, no, nobody, my buddy, cares about and his former uh, fling uh-huh. had just seen Superbad. Ah. He left her headlights on okay. for the entirety of the movie, so oh, her battery, so the battery died. battery was dead, yes. And we were just sitting there and looking up, have check and see and, yeah. and hear. Yeah. And it was a, excuse me? By the way, here's a weird bit about that team. That team was only eight games under 500. <laughs> that team, in comparison... Kind of fell apart at that point, yeah, right? Yeah, that, that, it certainly was the, the downfall, I believe, of uh, that particular team. And um, if you also remember correctly, that was the day they announced to it, who which one would which manager was for was Tremblay at the time? I guess it would have been Tremblay. Juan Samuel was the manager at the time, and then Tremblay was, replaced him. Was announced as being the manager moving <laughs> forward. Inauspicious beginnings. <laughs> rough, rough way for it to start. I and I, and, and uh, look, everybody's got thirty to three on their list. I think I think right now, if you if you are of an age where you can remember Owen twenty one, there's no comparison, right? Like Owen twenty one. It's 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 not just the nature of losing 21 straight games. It's having it happen at the beginning of the year when everyone is feeling an amount of perpetual hope. And the Orioles not being that far removed from being a team that had won a World Series a few years earlier. Like, they, they had just won a World Series. I, who goes from World Series champion to... The Marlins. I don't even know if they they were ever it went that dramatically. They did it a couple them. times though. <laughs> yeah, but I don't even know if it, I honestly god don't know that it was that I dramatic. But it was still like, like s- 5 years after, right? What do you mean? 88 to 83. Uh We're not talking about like immediately. Um yeah, okay. I'm not saying it was like the next season. No, I'm not saying that at all, but it was still the the majority of the same players, not the majority, but the core, the Here. core players that mattered the most had not changed all that much. Like, Cal Ripken was still there. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murray was still there. You know do? what I mean? What do they do, though? Yeah, it's a good point. Those guys those guys sucked. Those guys were no good. Um, so I understand why, for Orioles fans of a certain age, there will be nothing that will ever compare to Owen 21. They made the like, cover of Sports Illustrated, right? With yeah, them. I mean, yeah. it was they were they were a na- it was a national story. It was a massive... To start, it. it's so much more... In the middle of the year teams losing a bunch of games you can largely just ignore it but at the beginning of the year I also remember there was no football here at the time the Orioles were it this was all this city had mm-hmm. in 1988 was the Baltimore the bullets Orioles. were gone they were in Washington. The bullets were gone for a while the bullets were gone before the the Colts when did they gone. leave uh the bullets were gone by the Into end of the order. 70s oh really yeah I make them I, I can I don't know why we're spending time on this but I can double Big check bullets on that. guy. Yeah, a lot, as you know, yeah, yeah we spent. It's a lot cool of they time. used to practice in Mount Washington. Okay, so there's that. I uh, broke into that. Yeah, they were gone by '73. They were gone significantly. Just missed that. them. Yeah, just missed. Just missed that. Um, so this is what the city had. It was. It was. It, I get it. I get that in that way. If it meant something to you, it's hard to compare anything to that, and it's more difficult to compare something that occurs in the span of a day to something that drawn that's drawn out over the course of a month. I, don't I understand think that. that. That last night to me would make my list. No, but it I, is to me the first time I've been truly bothered 
by something that the rebuild teams have done. I I I couldn't disagree with you more about that. Just because it's so alarming. It's so alarming. Tell me the things that are more alarming than that. Tell me five things. Thank you. Tell me five things related to the Baltimore Butchers. Orioles. And you just we're doing doing this now. We're just saying things. I always appreciate when we get to this part of the show. We just we put down all pretenses and we just say things. You know, like things that have embarrassed me as an Orioles fan. Yes. The rosters. That that's not a you're you're just saying things. You're not actually listing them. That's why I don't I don't believe you. It's a top five. It's a top five thing as far as indignities go. As far as embarrassing. Oh my God! I have to own this as someone who has Orioles fan as part of their identity. I that look the thirty to three thing was worse for me because I was living in Arizona and I was the only Orioles fan anyone knew. Mm-hmm. Right, like it, everywhere I went for a week, everyone knew me as the Orioles fan, and. They they didn't know any other Orioles fans to to bust balls about it. I was the one. So when I walked into anywhere, I heard about thirty to three. Right? I I have no doubt that that's what you feel as an Orioles fan today. If you live somewhere here, we're kind of insulated, right? We're all dealing with it. Everybody, there's there's no one that that it it affects more than anybody else. But if you're an Orioles fan like Paul in Orlando and you're the only Orioles fan that anybody down there knows, then you're probably getting more crap about it from people than the average person here is, where up here we're just sort of hanging our heads in collective shame. From uh, Paul in Ovilando, speaking of which, uh, has 0-21 at number one, 30-3 at number two. I had completely forgotten about this one, but yeah. Jack Cust falling on his face while rounding third and getting tagged out for the final out. That I was pretty had bad. utterly utterly forgotten about that. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I had utterly forgotten about that. He's got um, uh, Last Night is number four. Uh, and, I, and this is, he's kind of giving away number five. He says, anytime DJ Stewart or Ryan Mountcastle plays in the outfield. Yeah, DJ Stewart taking the ball off the face, it certainly deserves conversation here because it was a particular indignity. So I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that. It was... Yeah, it it was it was it was a painful one. It was a painful one. Um, and Joe says, shouldn't the Mother's Day massacre be on the list? That was the Orioles Red Sox game where they had the big lead. Uh, the Orioles did. That was, I I think that one. I, oddly, I feel like that's meant more to the Red Sox fans over the years than it has to Orioles fans. I don't know how to. Do, Describe that. If you remember it, they were up 5 nothing going to the bottom of the ninth on Mother's Day. It was in 2007, and they ended up losing 6-5. to five. I, I, The funny part being I barely have memories of that. Yeah. Like I, I remember it happening, but I couldn't tell you I think part of the problem is for involved. that era, the number, the volume of losses. It had to be something special for me to remember it. Well, I remember people talking about that game for some time, but it always felt like it was a bigger deal the other way. Like I don't know how big of a deal thirty to three is to Rangers fans. Like I don't know if they even remember the night that they scored thirty runs. There was a night where the Orioles scored twenty two down in Atlanta, and Cal Ripken went six for six. And so like I remember that, but mostly because Cal Ripken, it was one of the best games of his career. And if I remember correctly, Rocky Coppinger uh. got a base hit in that game. So I have some memories about that, but I don't know what thirty to three means for Rangers fans. I have always felt like Red Sox fans 
that Mother's Day Massacre thing meant more to them than it did to Orioles fans, the indignity of blowing a five-run lead in the bottom of the ninth inning. I, that's just the sense that I've had. But Andrew brought it up uh, on his list. Speaking Looking for Andrew. your... Who's the, is this? Is this... Is this Andrew or no, this I'm is saying. Tim? Okay, I was going to say. Right. Speaking of Andrew. Uh, well, I mean, okay. That was, it was, I get what you're doing, but. I don't think it was as bad as you think. It was misleading. It made me think that he was on the phone no, right now. I wouldn't do that to us. Uh, as we wind down hour number one of today's show, a reminder that Tucker Fest is coming up on June 27th at Jerry's Toyota, and you can get your meet and greet passes to meet the greatest kicker of all time by going to great8smemorabilia.com right now. That's the number eight, by the way, great8smemorabilia.com. The festival itself is a free family fun event with food trucks and vendors. I know the U.S. Army's bringing their big old gaming truck out for everybody to hang out and play video games all day. Um, live music, Joey Harcum, Dave Teeth, the Dunk Tank, Jeremy's getting in it. I think I'm getting in it too. Um, it's just going to be a cornhole tournament. It's just going to be an awesome free family fun event. But we're raising money for the Brigance Brigade, and part of that is your meet-and-greet ticket with Justin Tucker. So go right now to grade8smemorabilia.com to get that for Tucker Fest one week from this Sunday at Jerry's Toyota. Going to have a fun day tomorrow. I want to put some uh, final details together for what we're doing tomorrow. Our buddy Tim from Bel Air is going to help us out as Andrew Stecka is over a year late in paying off his bet. He was hiding behind this whole global pandemic thing. Yeah. Said, I can't fly back to Baltimore because apparently we're not supposed to fly right now. I'm so, like, they don't make. Gump once ran. Yeah, correct. Like, they don't make cars, Stecka. But he's paying it off tomorrow. Our buddy Tim from Bel Air always helps us out in these moments. Tim, what's going on, pal? How are you? Morning, gentlemen. How you guys doing? I'm good, buddy. So, you and I talked last week. Uh, we tried to solve some of the world's problems. We talked for a while last week while you were in beautiful Tom. Where, by the way, where are you right now? Are you back home? I am officially back right, in, back, uh, back in, back in Bel Air. How was how was beautiful Tomahawk, uh, Wisconsin? By the way, uh, it, 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 put it this way: two weeks before I went up, they were uh, they had a snowstorm. Within three or four days after that, it was in the nineties. Uh, so um, pretty much like Maryland. I was going to say it sounds very familiar. It sounds <laughs> very except for we don't really get snow in June. That's not really a thing. Um, okay. Yeah, you just jinxed it. No, yeah, right. <laughs> of course I did. It's been very nice. It's going to happen for the pig roast now. <laughs> just to screw me. All right, so what is this going to look like tomorrow? You're, you, you're bringing in the ice luge, I know. Did you did you end up doing the the tuna fish sardine juice? Uh, indeed. So, well, I, I purchased all of those store brand uh, tuna and uh, and. Uh, sardines last year because i thought that it would be in the studio in fairness so we all we're did gonna, we're just going to reuse those uh, and uh, by, the, fitting. by the way that makes sense and I that's think also this the point a, of canned seafood they last correct they last almost forever basically so this is good so are we are we blending them and making a slurry or is it just the juice and from then the bottom what's the, of the ratio cans? if so for the former uh, you got you guys tell me uh, i i, I believe we, how about i bring two containers one of, one of sardine, one of one of tuna, and if we choose to mix them, we do. If not, we keep them separate. Oh, I think we I have do to believe mix them. you have. I to definitely mix think them. we have to Absolutely. mix them. Absolutely, and I, I think do think there has to be. I'm imagining a twenty eighty split of liquid solid. It has to move down the luge, obviously. Like, we can't have just like a sludge. That's well, you're the be... Tim's the ice luge expert. Like, can can we do this if we blend it, or or does it need to be more of just the juice? I think it's going to be just the juice. Okay. Um, mm. But I, I got all of them packed in water. So it'll, it's not oil, so okay. it'll actually go down the luge. Um, 
Hopefully he doesn't freeze. If it freezes by the bottom, he's just going to have to lick the entire. Ice. I agree with I that. Think that's how I completely that. agree with that. Um, the, the, how, how prepared? Like, are you? Should we be nervous just being in here about gag reflexes? Like, should we be concerned about that at all? Or is there a chance, Tim, this isn't as bad as we think this is? I think if you guys got through SpaghettiOs pie being in that, that studio. Was really, it really was a I, bit I, much, I smelled bro. the SpaghettiOs as you guys were describing Dude, the pie. I, so if you guys got through that, you can get through that. You know what's really funny about that? Like, everybody loves SpaghettiOs as a kid. I don't know what the age is where SpaghettiOs as a concept I'm become gross. I'm not grossed gross. out by SpaghettiOs individually. I, I was, but man. But the moment milk was added, is I, I was... I, it makes it worse, yeah. but I'm telling you, I took a bite... And just the SpaghettiOs themselves, I, I, I would never want to consume this again. Oh, yeah. I would never again in my life want to consume SpaghettiOs in any form. It, t- it tastes like baby food to me. You're not wrong. I, I mean, I just felt it felt gross. So you you think we'll be okay tomorrow. Do you think Stecka will have a, a, an adverse reaction? Do you think there's a chance we could get a reversal, um, to, to use a competitive eating term, tomorrow here in studio? Well, it's, uh, it's always a possibility. I mean, if we can get through 19 ounces of Chick-fil-A sauce and spaghetti-o pie, I think we might be safe with yeah, this In fairness. I think that... Andrew does have a soul, though. So... Yeah, right? Where Brian Powell, we're not sure. We're just not sure if he's an actual human being or if he's just truly a monster inside um, as he just mowed through 19 ounces of Chick-fil-A sauce in about five minutes, that psychopath. Uh, all right, so I'm bringing towels in. What else do you need from me for tomorrow? Uh, nothing that I, I, I was going to, you know, do the old traditional, you know, wooden stand, 300 pound block of ice, but I've seen your studio. Yeah. That's not going to happen. That would have worked in the old studio. Unfortunately, here, not the same Although way. we could have put it outside the door, you know. Yeah, but it wouldn't be on camera the same way. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, like we, we need the camera partner. Oh, by the way, oh, I'll tell you about this story off the air. I'm not telling you this on the air, but I'll tell you about it. Remind me to tell you a story off the air. Is, so, so anything that we need to know about the luge itself, what, wait, wait, how big is it? Where is it coming from? Like, what do we need to know about the luge itself? Will there be a little, uh, cute little ski man figurine somewhere on it? I do like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, haven't gotten that far in life, but it, we can always make it happen. Um, so it actually comes as a mold. So we're talking about, uh, about you know, close to a foot thick, maybe a foot and a half wide, about two feet, three feet long. Uh, already has the channels built into it, and the little mold becomes its stand. So... <sighs> Probably not going to need the towels, but you know, just in case, I yeah, think we'll be all right. Yeah, just want to. It's a backup plan, a backup plan, a backup or backup plan, as we said before. Um, all right, I guess that's every. I guess that covers anything. This is just. We're, is we're, this your first luge experience of building one? Uh, my favorite part of it, we were actually at um, our uh, summer pool, and uh, we had it out for. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll call it Labor Day, if I remember correctly. I turn around, and the kids are actually inverted putting soda down the ice luge. <laughs> definitely so, soda. I, Want to make that very clear. It was, it, defi- it was definitely soda. Yeah, definitely soda, not anything else at all. Just so Yeah, oh man, that fridge. I could put six packs of bi- soda in there. So, can we can I make do we have the ability for a trial at all today? Why why would we I, would I, I want to know my my question is solely related to incorporation of any num- amount of sludge. I want to we're know... Saying we're sticking with the juice, is what he's I'm saying. I'm aware, but if we could throw a sardine or two and some tuna <laughs> into the concoction and blend it and see if it will luge down, bad I would, you know, for edification's sake... This guy. I would be intrigued. What a jerk. What How's a... this? I will, I will bring 
said sludge tomorrow. Okay. If it works, it works. Okay. I just, this thing takes a while to freeze, and I don't want it to start you know, yeah, yeah, no, hitting no, of course, up. And, of course. All right. So reminder, it'll be tomorrow morning. Andrew's going to be doing a shot of tuna fish or sardine juice every 10 minutes. No matter what's going, on. we got guests scheduled for tomorrow. I think John sent a quiz for tomorrow. Yeah, like we're doing by faster. He's going to be like, I just did one. Correct. <laughs> I think it's going to every ten minutes, so thirteen total. By the way, if we stay on late, I think that extends. Hmm. So it, the first one at ten o'clock, ten ten, ten twenty, ten thirty. I guess we didn't say like a finite number. We did just every we, ten minutes. We didn't. I just suggested it was thirteen because that's how the math would work out for doing a show from he's ten to noon. His pain's going to be all up a bunch about that. Nah, no, he's not. No, he's not. He's going to be a performer. And, uh, Tim, the other important question is, uh, when I do – so i got to pay my bet off Labor Day weekend on that Friday. Are you, are you making the sandwiches or am I making the sandwiches? Uh, you tell me, guys. Uh, if I'm around, I'd be more than happy to do it. I feel like these guys are going to prefer that you do it because they're going to think that I'm just, going to I just need there out. to be healthy slathers of mayonnaise. I, I I heard your uh, your you know uh, concerns last week, and I will make sure that there is. Uh, uh, you uh, are. Maybe I'll even do the old uh, smooth Japanese mayonnaise. So no, 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 yeah. We're not oh, looking, no. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's more delicious. That's a more delicious mayonnaise. It's I don't even. Mayonnaise. I don't know anything about it. By it comes the way. in a fun little squeeze bottle that's like a little red cap, yep. and it's a Benzol. Just stick with the old regular. Oh, wait American a second! Stuff. I'm more interested in this Japanese mayonnaise. But I do now. think oh. we need the the squeeze bottle. Probably will be necessary considering the open face aspect right, of this. All right, we'll talk more about that as we get to September. Uh, Tim, I, I, I have no idea why you do this to yourself. I have no idea why you sign up to be a part of these things, but God bless you for that. God bless you for being the man that's going to come in here and, uh, and deal with the tuna fish and sardine juice on your ice luge. Uh, I'll talk to you off the air. Appreciate it, pal. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Tim from Bel Air. Love that guy. And, yeah, he'll be here tomorrow with the ice luge as Andrew Stecka will pay off his bet. This is going to be a, it's going to be a day. Is all I can say. It's going to be a day tomorrow morning. Steck, of course, will also be wearing his uh, his shark uh, costume, and he will be performing Baby Shark at some point during the morning, which was more relevant a couple years ago Indeed, yes. when we laid out the bet than it is now when he's finally paying off the bet. Uh, because of uh, because of time. So Tim has requested airing of the grievances tomorrow as well. That son of a bitch. It's old school day apparently. That son of a bitch. Why does everybody like that? It's just me yelling, which everybody always gets mad at. It's not true. People like it when I yell. I don't understand why people like it when I yell so much. I like being happy. I like being happy. I don't want to yell. I don't want to. <sighs> um, I have no idea, by the way, uh, uh, Dan asked me, as a Suns fan, if I was happy that the Clippers won last night. I don't. I no clue. I think I At this am. point, you just wanted to go to seven, right? That, and that's really all that matters, right? And so the math, if you want to say it's more likely that a Jazz team. Is Conley coming back? So I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't I don't have a clue. I don't know cool who. Cool Paul George to be good again. I mean, it was neat for him. It was certainly neat for him to have finally like a big playoff moment. Well, he'd been playing well his. with Kawhi. You know, they had had their yes, 30 play but, outings and all that. But, you know, but it's, correct. it seems to be trying to get that monkey off his back. Correct. Um, so I don't know. Like, is it easy to say that I would rather the Clippers win the, the series because I think they're an easier matchup? I'm not sure I agree with that either. I, I don't know. I don't have any clue. No, I definitely think they're an easier matchup I think without for what the, Kawhi. For what than, the Suns are, which is are going to be, assuming Chris Paul is going to have to miss time, right. utterly reliant on Devin Booker. Well, I Devin think Booker prospect, and DeAndre Ayton. I'm aware, but the prospect of I, I, the I, defenders I, on the Clippers appear to be better suited to cover 
a Devin Booker than anybody on the Jazz that I can think of. Um, maybe. That might be true. I don't know, but I, I definitely know that the Jazz are better suited against Deion. I, I think that this is part of, like, and I'm not trying to knock you, I think this is part of you just don't watch every game. I, I, I do, right? Like, DeAndre Ayton's the story. Devin Booker's been good, but he's not better now than he's been at any point. DeAndre Ayton is the story of... But are the Suns good enough defensively to win that game? Win the game where you are running through the post, where you are relying on twos instead of threes? That, that, that hasn't changed. They've been doing that, and yet they've been getting open shots. Like, nothing... Th- this is the way it's been. They haven't suddenly... This is not Nikola Jokic where the ball goes in and, and it, that's what's going to happen. Well, Jokic is an incredible passer. That's I understand. That's fair. But, like, he's also had to be their offense because they had no Jamal Murray. Like, they had no choice once Jamal Murray went out but to be the guy. This isn't that. They have gone through DeAndre Ayton and been just fine. So, from a matchup standpoint, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. And, and nobody around the sun seems to know what's the better scenario. So I don't have that answer. I, the, one of them keeps them, gives them home court advantage, and so that it's the easiest answer for me is I, I think I'd rather them face the Clippers because they'd have home court advantage for that series, and their home court has been significant so far. But either way, I'd rather them have Chris Paul. Um, the, I know we have some Sixers fans in our lives. I, I hope you're not jumping. I mean, what an unbelievable... My buddy texted me. He lives in Philly now. Yeah. He said, uh, my first... NBA experience at a game last night was ah. the Sixers game. and Not an ideal outcome, Shoo. considering I think he sort of tried to adopt them as a team he roots for, but yeah. Not great. No, not great at all. Not great whatsoever as the uh, Sixers blow a 26-point lead and lose to the Hawks. Got to think the atmosphere in uh, that arena was nice. <sighs> at least they're reasonable people in Philadelphia. They never really seem to overreact to anything, so I'm sure... I'm sure that was just a pleasant evening out on the town uh, as the Hawks go up 3-2 in that series. Uh, tonight, the um, the Bucks try to keep the series alive against the Nets. I have no idea who's playing and who isn't playing. Kevin Durant will, I imagine. Yeah, I'm guessing that Kevin Durant will probably play in that game. I, I assume that James Harden's playing again. I have yeah. no idea where Kyrie Irving is. But uh, I think Irving is not. Is my I, I just haven't checked. Yeah. i got to be honest with you. I have not checked on that whatsoever. All right, uh, today's show also brought to you by, ooh, this one is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. From Steve, Steve says... Uh, Glenn, I feel like the to share thing belongs on the list of indignities. I don't. I don't have I don't that same I, feeling. I don't think I agree with that. You know, it's not like you can pinpoint anything that they did that was embarrassing. I mean, you want to say they didn't make an offer, like sure, but I'm more embarrassed by the Machado thing than the to share thing. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I I would be more embarrassed by them doing nothing after 2014 as yeah. a whole, right? Like after 2014, the the front office decisions, I think, but I, it's it's that's too difficult for me to pinpoint as one particular mm-hmm. thing, as much as like a snowball effect that one decision begat another decision begat another decision begat another decision. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's difficult for me to point out any particular one as being the problem in all of that. 
And from Chris, uh, Chris says, Glenn, as far as indignities are concerned, I feel like just saying the words Peter Angela should be enough. I'm asking for you to do more than that, man. I, Chris, I'm just being honest. I, you should be able to put together a list that, that is that it's a little bit... I, I get what you're saying. I understand that, but I feel like we're capable of doing better than that. Continue to get me yours at Glenn Clark. Right? Again, I'm asking for lists, not just you to name one. Uh, by the way, Brian Powell confirms that um, no, no Kyrie Irving. No Kyrie Irving tonight. But James Harden, again, is playing. And yes, I have not mentioned that Rafael Nadal withdrew from Wimbledon. That's surprising, but not stunning. It's It's the... He wasn't going to win at Wimbledon, and so if you're Rafael Nadal, what's the why put yourself through more grueling five-set matches? He's always played well in New York. He's got a great history in New York. It's it's definitely one that he's got a shot at winning, especially if Novak plays more tournaments this summer. So it makes sense for him to eye New York instead of eyeing Wimbledon after a two-week turnaround from a grueling couple of weeks. So. That, that does make sense. He's also not going to play in the Olympics either, which sucks. I'm really getting nervous that other guys are going to bail on the Olympics, um, which would be a real bummer because it was kind of always a neat extra major that we got as tennis fans. When we come back in, we're going to uh, remember the, the great Jim Phelan, who passed away this week, legendary Mount St. Mary's coach. Jamie and Christian, former Mount St. Mary's coach, now at George Washington, is going to check in with us. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Here it watch out for the first time the PGA Tours FedEx Cup playoffs is coming to Maryland the top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship August 24th through 29th 2021 Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit bmwchampionship.com today. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online when a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. 
with competitive pricing and an AM Best A-minus financial strength rating. It's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Nothing but The place to go, not just to watch the UFC fights, but frankly for all events now, is Sports and Social MD. I have been. It is amazing. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champ, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with the state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level at Sports and Social at Maryland with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, an extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, let's switch gears. Uh, a, a bit more somber, but obviously a celebration of an amazing life as a legend passed away this week. And uh, someone who is in the College Basketball Hall of Fame and should be in the Naismith Hall of Fame, but for some reason is not, and I do not understand that whatsoever. And it's it's it is tragic um, that he was not inducted before he passed away. He's of course Jim Phelan, the former Mount St. Mary's coach, and our next guest um, is a man whose life was impacted significantly by Jim Phelan uh, as a coach, as a colleague as he was there at Mount St. Mary's as a player, later as a coach, of course became head coach, and now is the head coach at George Washington. It's a pleasure to welcome Jamie and Christian back to GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. Thank you for taking the time for us. Sorry it's under these circumstances, but appreciate you joining us this morning. No, thanks so much for having me on. We're obviously you know, excited to celebrate the life of Coach Phelan, a uh, guy who had a tremendous impact on my life. And uh, just appreciate you guys taking the time out to share some of the stories about his life and, and all the impact he made. 
Coach, can you take me back to the first interaction you ever had with Coach Phelan? Yeah, you know, I was uh, 17 years old. Um, it was it was uh, the third week of April, and uh, I was pulling into Mount St. Mary's campus on a on an official visit. You know, and and uh, I was the guy I was Virginia State Player of the Year coming out of high school, but I didn't have a lot of offers coming out. You know, Division One wise especially. And I just remember walking into Coach's office, and his office kind of sat right in the corner of Not Arena, and it overlooked the baseball and softball fields, and at the time, a ton of cornfields, and, and I remember walking in there, and, and, you know, you could, you know, he's, the guy's a Hall of Famer in everything that he does, and the way that he shakes your hand, the way that he makes eye contact with you, all those things, and my first interaction, you know, I sat down in front of him, and, and he tells me, you know, what a great player he thinks I can be by watching my high school film, and, you know, he loves the area that I was from, and, and he really was dedicated to trying to connect with me in that moment, and I just, I'll never forget it, man, I never forget the energy that he gave me, and now as a head coach and guys come and sit across from me all the time, I try to make sure when I walk into a, when they walk into a room, I give them that kind of energy. Um, you know, it was just amazing to have that that interaction with him the first time. Did you know anything about him before you made like you know obviously the the name you know means something to everybody in basketball, but like did you know anything about Coach Phelan before that first interaction you had? You know, I, I did. You know, I'm one of these guys as a as a high school guy. I always I was a basketball junkie and. And so I always tried to know a lot about uh, not about all the all the teams that played, not just the ones in the in the Power Five conferences at the time. Okay. And so I did know a bit about him, not as much as I know now, but I knew he was a legendary head coach. I knew that he had won a ton of games, and you know my high school coach it, it was a guy who who was a who was a guy that won a lot of a lot of games as well. So I was attracted to that that understanding, you know, and I think that's what was really neat about what brought me into coach's life was that I was looking for someone who had mentored a lot of people over a duration of time that had a lot of experience and walking in there, knowing the success that he'd been able to have. I mean, they were just coming off an NCAA tournament run yep. in itself. You know, I was like, man, I wanted to be part, I wanted to be one of his last classes to extend that legacy. And, and uh, that was really important to me. He is coach Jamie and Christian from George Washington. Of course, former Mount St. Mary's player and coach. He's with us to help us remember Jim Phelan. Coach, at what point during your time together, did you like realize that, the impact wasn't maybe just like a traditional coach player thing, but something that might perhaps shape your life and your future in the game of basketball. Well, he just always treated you like a person, you know? I mean, now I've been in these basketball circles for so long now, and you'll be amazed at how many coaches don't treat their players like people. You know, they treat them like commodities that, mm -hmm. can, be, that can be traded. And he never did that. I mean, you walk into the guy's office and – you know, he's talking to me about the Braves game that was on the other night. He's talking to me about what's going on on campus. He's telling me what's going on in the world. He's asking me about what's going on in New Kent. You know, we're building a new, a new racetrack at the time. And so he would be really curious about that as coach liked. You know, he liked horses. He liked, liked dogs. He liked that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I can't remember a time where I walked into his office and he actually talked to me about basketball. Hmm. Um, you know, he talked to me about basketball and he taught me a lot of basketball on the floor. And he spent a lot of time with that. And that was obviously what brought us together. But he, but he rarely tried to connect with me on basketball. You know, he didn't say, hey, you got to get more balance on your jump shot. You know, he would say, hey, how's your mom doing? How's your dad doing? Your dad's going to have a great track team this year, you know. And, and uh, you know, just his ability to connect with you on non-basketball stuff was just so unique. And he just made it a major emphasis, and it's something that I've tried to do as a head coach, you know, through the years as well. How significant was that in your own decision to get into coaching? Uh, you know, I always felt like I was, like, destined to do this, destined hmm. to coach. And I think God just brought people into my life that I needed to learn from, you know, consistently. You know, I would definitely say this. I mean, you know, not many people get a chance to, to sit alongside a Hall of Famer every day in practice and then get a chance to be mentored by him when you come back as a head coach. 
you know, and so, you know, his impact on me, you can see in everything that we do. You know, sometimes people out there don't understand everything, how we operate here at GW, because it's, you know, college basketball is becoming real corporate, you know, and, uh, you know, I work, I, I play, played for a guy who never kept it corporate. He made it family and we were always part of his family. We could come to his house anytime and spend time with, spend time with them and have dinner and all those things. And we've just tried to continue to do that here. And so I think sometimes, and, you know, in our world, people look at, look at me like I'm like, like, uh, it doesn't make sense, but it's just simple. You know, I saw a guy who won 830 games and he always kept it like family. He always made you feel great about yourself and it was never corporate. And, and I'm fighting for that kind of culture like with our program every day. Do you have any like mannerisms? Do you have anything that you do? I, it's not the bow tie, right? Like, do you have anything <laughs> that you do as a coach on a day-to-day basis? Something that you say that you're like, oh man, that's, that's coach Phelan. Like, I know that's, that's just him coming out at me right now. Uh, you know, it's funny. I mean, the last few days I've been noticing more and more, um, you know, some of it is like how we play. Like, you, you know, you can see a lot of influence because I always, our, we're known for having teams that shoot the ball and shoot a lot. And, and they, our guys have a lot of confidence, you know, and that all comes from coach Phelan. You know, I mean, one time I remember lining one up at about 35 feet and I didn't shoot it, you know, and I remember hearing him yell at me from the sidelines because I didn't shoot the 35 foot. Wow. You know? Wow. So, you know, <laughs> So he's just that guy, you know, he would always say, if you can't make the 15 footer, you can't play. And so, you know, we've really done a great job of that in our recruiting. It's just trying to have a lot of guys that had skill that could shoot the ball. And, and, uh, you know, but I think you see, see him, him with me more so in just like how we interact with, with each other on a day-to-day basis, you know, um, again, not making it corporate, making it a family and, and just loving one another every day. And, you know, you won't find a player, you know, or someone that works with a coach that would say a bad word because he just kept everything about what's best for you. Um, and I, and I think that's really hard to do. I mean, he just always, it was always about what was best for you, giving you the best advice for yourself and always connecting with you in that way. Can you speak to what a figure he was just for the entire campus, for the entire community in Emmitsburg? And, and to your point, even as you came back as head coach, you know, beyond your own playing career, how, how much he meant to that entire area, um, not just Mount St. Mary's itself, but to the Emmitsburg community. Yeah, well, I'll give you a couple things. Number one, you know, we win championships at the Mount. You yeah, know, that's, I had a, that's a, a fact. You know, we win championships at the Mount. I mean, I had a, I had a, uh, an, a writer, a journalist, reach out to me after, you know, Dan Engelstad and their team went this year. And he goes, man, what's going on up there that you guys get to a championship game and you win? And I said, well, there's an expectation when you come to the Mount that you're going to win a championship. You know, I, I don't know if you can say that about all the other schools in the NEC. Like, at the Mount, there's an expectation. You know, there's a history of winning championships. There's a history of getting to the NCAA tournament. You know, based on average, I think once every four years, you know, one of our teams goes to the NCAA tournament. So, you know, we're going to, you're going to win championships at the Mount. And so he started that expectation, you know, and, and he did it in such a way. You know, there's a lot of places that you go, you know, you talking about like North Carolina or Indiana, places like that, that have great traditions. And our traditions is greatest. Their, their traditions maybe not at the, at the level, the height of theirs, but it's the greatest basketball tradition because of the consistency of it. There's all this pressure to perform. Where at the mountain, it's different. We know when we get there, we're going to win it. And you just feel that kind of vibe. You know, there's, there's been many championship games where we've shown up there in, in, in the NEC, and, and we might have been the underdog, and we come out with like 10 or 12-point wins, you know, and we play really well. So he created that expectation. We talk about how, you're gonna, how he was in the community. You know, the way that he interacted every day, the, the way that he loved people, the way that he cared about people, the way that he spent time with people. You know, when you come onto the Mount campus, um, one of the things that you notice pretty quickly is, man, you're like, this is a different place. Because when you open the door, everybody's going to say, hello, how are you doing? They're going to check on you. You know, it's a very family-driven environment. That all comes from coach. You know, the head basketball coach at Mount St. Mary's is a, is a big role. It's a big position. And that he carries that. And, and so if you see him come in the door um, and he's doing that and he's stopping and talking to everybody, 
then then you have no you have an obligation to do that. Mm. And so he set that expectation as well about how we're going to treat each other, how we're going to care about each other. Um, and I think you see that when you walk on Mountain Campus. That's and really, I think you'll see that for a long time. Coming. That's really interesting. That is really interesting that you would say it that way. Coach, um, I'm, I'm assuming you, you share in the heartbreak that for whatever reason that this hasn't worked out, that, that he was able to be inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame um, before he passed away. I, it, it's, it's infuriating for a lot of people. i got to imagine you're, you're pretty close to the top of that list. Well, I think it's infuriating to me, and I, I would say because of what he was able to do. You know, the, the, the just under, I think, just under 1,300 games, just over 1,300 games coached, 830 victories. But but as a coach and being a guy who sat in his chair and now sit in other coaches' chairs, to be able to coach that long through all the changes in our world, um, the integration of schools, the Vietnam War, the crack epidemic in the 80s, the 90s where we had a lot of social unrest, into the 2000s, like to be able to to coach the, those different those changing times within these generations, um, you know he probably coached through the most turbulent time in American history, and he won in every era. You know, I don't know how many people could do that. You know, I went through this year. We were, we were in the nation's capitals. So we had a lot of, a lot of yeah, wonderful things going absolutely. on here this year. Yeah. Um, and, I, and all through the year, I thought, how did this man do this? How was he able to keep getting his team to show up every day and to do such an amazing job and to keep winning and winning championships? And I think, uh, I think because he didn't coach at Maryland or didn't coach at the highest level, he's being penalized for the, for the tremendous job that he did, the longevity of it is special and the longevity of it should be celebrated and the impact he was able to make during that longevity needs to be recognized. I keep faith that it will someday. It just didn't come in a time period that, that we all wanted. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I have no, it makes no sense to me. And I, I echo every sentiment that you just shared and, and hopefully they'll get it right. It's just a shame that um, it'll happen at a time where, where coach won't be here in order to be able to celebrate it. Um, uh, uh, coach, I, I just, is, is there any particular one story that when, when people ask you for, it's, it's one that you share most about coach Phelan? Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many of them. I'll give you one though. And you know, when my, my last couple of years with coach, he had, he had Parkinson's, so he didn't do a lot of writing on the board. Coach Anderson, our assistant at the time would do a lot of writing and, and do a lot of that stuff. And, um, but I remember there's one time where I'm a freshman, it's a really close game. And, you know, and we, we get the, you know, it's, a, it's one of those games where you got to get a stop and then you got to get a score. And we get the stop, you know, so we're juiced. We call, he stands up, he calls timeout. He's got great presence when he calls timeout. You know, there's definitely points where it's a Hall of Famer that when they stand up and they do something, everybody recognizes, right? And hmm. so there's just this calmness in the building when he does that. So he stands up, calls timeout, you know, we come over and he grabs the board. You know, and, and again, he didn't do a lot of that in his later years, so it was a big moment. He grabs the board, and he draws up the play, and, and uh, you know, it's just like an amazing calmness moment. You know, I'm a freshman on the floor, so my heart's probably pumping a little bit faster than some of the other guys. Um, but he grabs the board, and he, and he draws up the play, and, and for us, it was like, man. Like, I know I walked out of the huddle being like, we just had a Hall of Famer draw that play up. Uh, that's cool. You know? And, um, you know, it's just moments like that. You know, there'd be other times in practice. You, you know, but people don't realize he's also a Marine. So just a really tough guy. I mean, he beat cancer a couple times, but, you know, he'd be on the floor coaching. And in his later years, he wasn't as quick as, as sometimes the ball was moving. <laughs> so inevitably, um, you know, probably three times a year, he would get run over on the floor, <laughs> which would cause everybody in the building to just stop, you know, because you just ran over coach. Um, and then when you went over to pick him up, he was not having it. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. He was not having you pick him up. Sure. Um, and he would definitely jump you for trying to help him up. So, 
you know, those are the kind of things I remember my coaches, like tough to the very end, but loving through and through day in and day out. That's Again, awesome. just an amazing man. And, uh, we're all blessed to have him within our lives. Uh, Coach, before I let you go, if I could, um, uh, I, I, can we? There was a report this morning about a game this season. Can we talk about that, or do you guys have to announce it before we're able to talk oh, about it? I think it? we probably have to announce okay. it. You can have me back on, and we can, I, we'll, we can, I'll, we can I'll talk about the schedule if you like. I'll be happy to do that. I know it'll be exciting for a lot of people. And and, and how's Ricky Lindo doing? I know um looked pretty good for you guys. I know it was in a short uh, a, a time yeah. span, but looked pretty good for you guys last season. Man, I love Ricky Lindo. Uh, there's a guy that I love so much, man, and he's just chasing us so many great strides. I wish people could see how well he's playing right now. I mean, he just made tremendous strides. And, um, you know, people people forget about Rick. He's a young player. I mean, he was going to be a 21, 21-year-old senior. <laughs> so, you know, when he was at Maryland, he was one of the youngest freshmen in the country. And we're going to really get the rewards of that as he's really been improving. Again, one of the top leading guys in the A-10 last year, rebounding the ball, and just was really unstoppable to stop scoring the basketball. So, you know, the work that he's putting in and, and the enthusiasm that he's doing. I mean, he's a guy that changes your program and he's doing that for us every single day with the way that he competes and plays. Uh, Coach, uh, really appreciate you spending some time with us to, to help us reflect on uh, a true icon in uh, the basketball community and someone who meant so much to so many people. Um, continued success to you, uh, and we will do this again. That's a promise. So always, always appreciate you taking the time for us. Thank you for hopping on with us this My morning. My friends, thanks again for honoring Coach. I know he would appreciate it. I know his family does as well. God bless you guys. Thanks, Coach. Coach Jamie and Christian from down at George Washington. Um, former Mount St. Mary's player and head coach. And again, uh, really wanted to take some time this morning to uh, to spend reflecting on the life and legacy of an icon in the basketball community in Jim Phelan. By the way, what I was referring to, that he can't say anything about, uh, John Rothstein reported this year that uh, George Washington is going to play Maryland uh, this season in College wow, Park. Right? Uh, it has, they used to play all the time in the old BB&T event or whatever it was. You know, I think it was called some other things over the years. That John Feinstein always put together at the uh, at the arena in D.C. They last played when George Washington was pretty good, right? I don't remember how good they were. I mean, like I, the Watanabe teams right. were were okay. Um, but they played they, for a while. They played regularly because they would play in that event. Like that event, they would play regularly against each other over the years. Um, I'm trying to pull up what year it was that that ended. Uh, I love sorry. it. I'm sorry. Nice Francesca moment. Here we there. go. Here we go. Well, I gotta go. I I don't have this off the top of my head, man. The George Washington Maryland basketball history. They just apparently played. Nope. Hang on. <laughs> Let me try that one more time. I don't know why that's We're what it went to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I clicked the button and it was supposed to take me to the all time. Here we go. All time Maryland George Washington results. Uh, 2013-14 season was the last time they got together. So, yeah. For but for a while, like ACC still, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Just right, right. It would have been right on the edge. Was 14 left? Really? I think maybe the the yeah. next year was the first year. So for between '95 and 2005, they played one, two, three, four, five, six, just seven, missed eight, it. eight times. They just in a missed the Ruben Stuttered times, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry for 2004, right? Um, they played, but they played eight times in a 10 year span because they were per- mm-hmm. both participating. And that tournament or that event changed regularly. Like some years it was four teams and a tournament style. 
Other years, it was just guaranteed games or against that one big, battle royale year, which I thought was fascinating, yeah. and really don't know why they ever abandoned that. But um, but yeah, Georgia, Washington, Maryland are scheduled, according to John Rothstein, they're scheduled to play again this year in College Park. All right, today's show brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They are still celebrating their 25th anniversary. You still have a few days to take advantage of that anniversary menu, which includes the double bacon and cheddar burger, as well as the barbecue chicken bowl with the ancient grains, the smoky thigh wings. Big thumbs up on the smoky thigh wings. They are incredible. The turtle cheesecake, the silver anniversary IPA, all of that. And you still have a chance to win that trip to Devil's Backbone Brewery. If you go to glorydaysgrill.com right now, you can find out more about that. Again, glorydaysgrill.com to find out more. From John. John says, Glenn, any thoughts about the cover of Madden? No. <laughs> no, none. Don't care. Sorry. I mean, I just. Mahomes and Brady. That's who, Thank you. That's exactly who it is. Don't care. I mean, I. W- Mahomes is the second time, I believe, gracing the cover, so I'm upset about that. Why? I'm not. Okay. I mean, like, the, what, what am I. What is, what is the take I used to, to love have Madden. I really used to love it. I used to I, every I used to get year, very excited about release when, day, yes, pick it up. Correct. And when, I was a, when I was a child yeah. and had time to play. And I say child. When I was a young adult yeah. and still had time to play video games. When I was still at a time in my life where I had more time to play video games. By the way, my my cousin's wife stopped by. I We were helping my my aunt move the other day. And my, my cousin's son. I was like, hey, I got to go. I got to go watch my uh, kid play lacrosse. My cousin's son's like, he's 10 years old. He's like, hey, can I, can I come with you to the game? I'm like, absolutely. But your, your mom's going to have to come pick you up from, from my house afterwards. So we're there at my house with my cousin's 10-year-old son after the lacrosse game. And he sees that I've got an old Xbox. And he's like, oh, you play Xbox? And I'm like, no, not really. Used to. Used to play a lot of Xbox. Haven't played in years. And he just looks at me and he's like, can I have it? I said, you want my old Xbox? He's like, yeah, why not? I'll use it. And I'm like, okay, I don't even know what Xbox it is. I think it's the first 360 that came out is, I think, what it is. So I just give. I look at him like, I'm not using it. I can't. I couldn't tell you. I used to play FIFA a lot with some buddies, but that, and that's that's over 10 years ago at this point. I said, yeah, by all means, go ahead and, and take it. So I just gave away the Xbox to my, my cousin's kid. And that's just made me realize how long it's been since I play video games. So the Madden thing, yeah, it's Brady and Mahomes on the cover. I May this be the year the curse comes back. May this be the year that it, it impacts both of those guys negatively because that would be great news for Ravens fans if that were the I'm not really wishing harm. I want to make that very clear. I'm not actually wishing harm upon other human beings, but it would be it would be to the benefit of the Baltimore Ravens if somehow those guys were impacted. May they, they both play terribly, I guess, is the way that that should be the Madden curse this year. Time for us to make our weekly trip down to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. And we've had a few conversations with uh, our next guest over the years, but never when he was hitting the ball quite as well as he is right now. He is Orioles infield prospect, former Oregon State Beaver, Caden Grenier, and he's back with us here on GCR. Caden, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's always great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, absolutely. I always enjoy it. Dude, how sick were you of being described as a guy whose defense will play, but we're not sure of the bat? And how hellbent were you on changing that this season? Uh, You know, obviously just hearing that all the time, it is what it is. You know, I can't control what people say, and all I can, all I can do is just uh, is try to go out and, 
and continue to improve every day and, and try to basically prove that what they're saying is wrong, you know? And, uh, and so, yeah, I've been, I've been spending a whole, a whole load of time trying to, trying to fix that and make it a different narrative. So the, the start to the season, right? The first couple of weeks, not so great. What, what, what clicked, what happened? What, you know, what, is there any way to define this tear that you've been on offensively? Uh, honestly, I just, I got some really good coaches around me, um, that have been helping a lot and just over those weeks, just having conversations every day with them and, and hashing stuff out, you know, it got to one day where, uh, yeah, I just, I was having one conversation with our manager, Buck, and, and it just, it just relaxed me so much. It allowed me to just have confidence that I can go out and, and just play my game. And, uh, it just allowed me to relax, man. And, and once I was able to relax, I, I started to see things a little bit more clearly of what I needed to do to, you know, to get out of that, that funk. And, um, and it's helped so much. You know, dude, I, I, I know everybody is a believer. Like, you have to believe that you're good at something, right? Or you're not going to be able to do it, right? It's just the way that it works. But did, did you ever go through doubt? Like, did you ever have moments where you're like, man, it just might not be the type of player that I might not be a, a really good offensive player and that's so Did you ever go through any of those um, during this build to this? Well, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm the most happy-go-lucky guy that's always like, oh, I'm going to get out of this. I'm so, like, I'm, I'm the best, like, that's just not how I am, and there, there's been several times where I'll just sit there one night and, you know, go 0 for 4 with three punchies or something and just be like, you know what, man, like, maybe I am just a defender. Maybe I'll hit 200 wow. in the big leagues one day and just, and hopefully my defense is good enough to keep me there, you know, and, and, and it's, it's really tough to get that thought out of your mind once it's in there, um, but the one thing is I, 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 I also, in the back of my mind, know that I have it in me to, to not just be a defensive shortstop. I know I can hit, and so it's, it's really frustrating when I'm not able to pull it out sometimes and right. actually let it show. But it is still in there, even with that thought sometimes of like, hey, maybe this, you know, I'm just not as offensive as I used to be or something. Like, there's always that thought of, hey, you got it, man. You have it. Just find a way to get it out. Dude, and how good does it feel? Like, how, how much – okay, so everybody's different, right? The people – are you the type that's like, I oh, know I prepare myself to have a bad week. Like, I, I, I don't get too happy – or are you the type that's like, hell yeah, this is who I always knew I was going to be? Uh, it just depends, honestly. I, I, I'm still, and I'll be totally honest, I'm still pretty, you know, kind of struck that I, I was even on this tear that I have. Cause I've, I haven't hit like this at all in, in, in since, like, high school. Not even in college, I, I wasn't on a, a tear like this. And so um, I just show up to the, to the field every day just trying to replicate, you know, what I did the day before. And, and I, I try not to get too high because I know that, um, you know, the game's going to humble you. And, yeah. and even the last two games, I haven't really done anything very, like, I've just been striking out the last couple nights. And, and it's just it's how it goes. And so I try not to get too high and, and try to control those lows when they come. Are you developing any new superstitions as a result? Mm. Uh, not really. I'm not, I'm not a huge superstitious guy. It's more of, like, like, I won't eat the same thing that I did you know, the day before because I, I did well or something. Mm -hmm. But it's just more of going through and trying to copy my routine from the day before. So, like, if I was in the cage and I did, you know, all right, I only need three rounds, and once I get this feel and I'm doing this drill, like, all right, I'm good to go. And then whatever happens in the game. But I'm not a huge superstitious guy. Uh, I mean, that's probably right logical. Yeah, it's probably a healthy <laughs> way of going about handling it, but I would not be that guy, man. If I had a big night, 
I, I would have to replicate. If I had two pieces of beef jerky, I'd have to, I mean, I would just be that case, man. I would have to do that type of stuff. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of people like that. Man. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I just feel like I can't mess with it, man. I can't mess with the mojo. Just got to keep it Is going. there anybody on the team who you're like, how do you keep eating this meal? Uh no, okay. I don't. I don't think. I don't think anybody on our team is like that crazy where they eat. They only eat the same things every day if they're having a good week. Because I've never walked in and and seen you know somebody eating like Chick Fil A for the fourth time in four days. Like, <laughs> well, wait a second. That's not superstition. Yeah, that's not superstition. <laughs> that's just called having a good meal. What are we talking? Yeah, that's fair. That's that's, that's what Chick Fil A's done to this country, man. They they got us all by the by the uh, dude waiting for us to spend our money there a thousand percent I, no shame no shame whatsoever we just want to it's a chicken sandwich i like chicken. i like chicken <laughs> correct uh, we're all that kid uh caden oh, yeah. grenier is with us um dude the other night right like can can you can you put into words and, and you played in front of you know huge crowds obviously you played in, in you in the college world series right like you played in front of massive crowds but that night grayson pitching that crowd everybody being so into it can you put into words what that experience was like, you know, especially considering how well you guys have been playing this season? It kind of feels like maybe it was building to something like that. It's... Oh, I mean, it's it's awesome. It's it's first of all, yeah, having guys like Grayson, DL, and, and Adley on our team help with with getting fans out there because, in in all brutal honesty, we, we don't draw very well when you know just in a normal like a Tuesday night game or something. We don't draw very well here, so going out Monday night and having almost 5,000 people there, like it feels really good because with the success that we've had and with how down our, our organization has been the last few years, as we continue to build, um, knowing that we're the team that people want to come see, like we have guys on our team that people want to come see and we, they want to watch us play. That's, that's obviously gives you a, a lot of energy when you get to the field every day and, and you can walk out and see that big crowd. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll continue to build up, you know, more consistent crowds but i also know that it's not realistic we play 140 games and and you know wednesday night on the middle of june just isn't somebody's hey let's go to the ballpark night well let's change that let's get to the ballpark on wednesday nights everybody by the way the bay I sh- i'm going to point out right now the bay Sox are home the rest of this week and all of next week with some and you can bring your dogs on wednesday Ooh. dude what i mean come on man what more are you waiting for and i i are we doing get do you want people to bring out gas cans now to every game like do you just want that to be a thing because you guys are are gassing each other up do you want that to be a, a regular thing now you know what's funny is I actually had no idea what that was about. Makes two of us. Makes two of us. Dude. I had absolutely. Everyone's like, "Can we bring gas cans to the field?" And I'm like, "Why would you want to do that?" <laughs> <laughs> and the base officer was like, "Yeah, I guess." But it's but it's cool, right? Like it's it's a thing. I think it's something that we can embrace, right? Like for Orioles it's, fans, it's one of those it's one of those quirky like minor league thing, like sports team things where only your team does it. Yes. that could like stick, and you'd be like, okay, like that's their thing. That's what I'm saying. I don't. It means I had never heard. By the way, this is how old I am, Caden. I had never heard the term "gas them up." Before I genuinely thought it was about the fact that Grayson throws the ball really hard. Like I, no, I, I, it's, I, it's yeah. a it's a modern, it's a newer, 
my age kind of right. thing, I guess. I don't I don't talk that way, but a lot of the guys do. And by the way, I'm cool with that. I can recognize I'm old. It's just not my thing, right? Like I No, I, I'm right like, there with you. I'm I'm good with that, but it seems to be something that people are in on. And so why not like play way, up to if it? You still right? don't have Father's Day plans. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez scheduled to pitch on Sunday. Whew, seems like a pretty good day to be at the ballpark. Seems like oh, that would be joke. a good one. So uh, let's get more people out so that we uh, we don't have to have Caden tell us, say we, we don't have people coming out every night. Let's just have people come out every night, every night moving forward. But also, dude, like how you talked about, it, you're not used to having 5,000 fans in the stadium really at any minor league game. But how much of a reminder was it, like what you guys are working towards, right? The idea that you are the future of the Baltimore Orioles, was it? Was it reinforcing to see that support, and did it make you want that success even more? Oh, absolutely. I mean, because you know those people coming out there, yeah, they, they might have went out, you know, because Grayson was throwing the number one pitching prospect in all of baseball, but they all also understand that we are, you know, the future of the Orioles. And so you see that, hey, these people, you know, they're looking to us to get to Baltimore, to put the team back on the map, get back into contention every year, stuff like that. And so you, you, you look at that and you go, you know what, man? Like, uh, yeah, let's go. Like, yeah. these are our fans. These are going to be the people that follow us all the way to Baltimore, and then they're going to be coming to the games in Camden every night. Like, so, yeah, absolutely. Dude, we're ready for it. We're ready for you guys to be there and for this to be a special thing, man. Caden, um, uh, I, I, somebody was at the game the other night, and I've never noticed it, and I've seen Adley play a few times, but you know him quite well, clearly, going back to your history together. They were talking to me about how after, like, innings, Adley would go right up to Grayson and talk to him about what happened. I've been told that he will literally, like, go grab everybody's bats um, during the course of games. And you would think that this is a guy, you know, this this is the million-dollar baby, right? Like, this is this is the guy that doesn't need to do any of these things. Can Can you tell me about him as a leader and this role that he's taking on as part of all of this? And, and has he always been like this or – you know, how you've seen it and how much it means to all of these guys as they're coming up that the guy that doesn't have to do these things because he's the chosen one is still choosing to do them. Well, that's him doing those things are what, are what got him here. You know what I mean? he's That's the kind of guy he is. And even at Oregon State and even now, if you, if you pay attention close enough, he meets the pitcher before the pitcher even gets off the field every yeah. inning. Like, basically to say, hey, good job. And I think for pitchers, that just gives them a sense of like, hey, this guy, he, you know, he's with me. You know, we're in this together here, and and even if it's a bad inning, he still does it. And so it's just the stuff like that that, that Adley can do. He can he can help keep a pitcher uh, a little bit looser, you know, especially if they had a bad inning. You know, just seeing Adley come out and, and give him a a fist bump or something, and, and pat him on the butt, and then walk back to the dugout with him and, and just chat like. He's been doing that for I don't know if he did in high school. He's been every year in college, and all the I just remember all the pitchers. They just they loved that. They they knew that Adley was fired up for him on after a good inning, or or they knew that he was there for him, and they were gonna fix it with a bad one or something. But it's those things I I really think Adley does a really good job of, and and he definitely can can uh, get a lot of trust out of the pitching staff from doing those things. Oh, it's it's an incredible. I mean, it's really powerful, man. That's a powerful thing for somebody to be doing to help those guys out. Uh, all right, so we, we saw 103 on the board the other night from Grayson. Was that was that legit? Was he really hitting 103, or was maybe were they maybe cheating a little bit and giving him a, a little bit too much there? Uh, I couldn't tell you, honestly. <laughs> I, I wasn't uh, – I, I don't see the pitchers like – because we have TrackMan, which is the system that's uh, – it's a lot more accurate than like a stadium gun. 
Yeah. And so I'm not sure. It's normally within like two or three miles an hour, though. So my guess would be it was probably 101 or that's at least. Yeah, 100. we'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> that's not too bad. At, the, at that point, 103 versus 100 doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Imagine. Hang on a second. But is it really the case when you're at the at the plate? Like, is there a difference when you're at the plate between 100 and 103? I've never seen 103. To be honest. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So fair not, not that I know of. Fair but like, enough. I know. The, I know the difference between like 96 and 100 is is really not that much. Okay. Okay. Just, then yeah. All right. That's probably about. So right. then, if like we were just, I don't know if this has happened before. You mentioned trackmen. Have there ever been situations where the starters have just kind of, you know, cut loose and thrown max effort? And if Grayson Rodriguez were to throw max effort, are we talking like, you know, 105 miles per hour potentially? Or is there only so much further you can go? No, there's, there's scientifically, <laughs> only, you can only throw so hard. And I think Grayson's about hit that peak. I don't, if, if he goes any harder, his arm might fall off. I don't know. We haven't seen that yet in this world. So, <laughs> Hey, uh, how much, how nice is it that uh, your favorite team plays on the West Coast so after your games are over, you can sit down and watch hockey? It's so clutch. Right? It's my favorite thing during this time of year. So, dude, I don't know if you ever, you and I have ever talked about this. I worked in Phoenix. For, like, I'm from here, like, born here, but I moved out to Phoenix for a couple of years. And since we never had basketball or hockey teams in Baltimore, I became a massive Suns and Coyotes fan, right? So, yeah. I, dude, like, the Suns right now, it's been nice as hell for me. I can put the kids to bed. I'm not stressing over it. Like, I'm good. I'm going to sit down. My wife will be asleep so she doesn't have to watch me be a maniac. Like, these 10 o'clock games are wonderful. I mean, like, dude, they're the best thing in the world that you can just sit down and, like, watch your favorite team play. Yeah, no, it's it's super nice. Like, last night, got done with the game and, and made it to a, a little bar over by the hotel uh, by, you know, I think it was, like, 10 o'clock. And so we got there during intermission. I got to watch the whole second and third period of the night's game. But, like, what does suck is, like, when you get to, like, playoff time and they're playing teams, Especially yeah. like when you get later, and they're playing teams on the East Coast. Yeah, like tomorrow, they got Montreal. That's got, right. Got in Montreal. Yeah. And it's an eight o'clock game, and we play at seven, so I'll probably miss. Mo- I'll miss ninety-eight percent of the game tomorrow. Okay. All right. Now here's the real. This is the real testament. Are you the type that like at some point during the game tomorrow night, like your game, you're gonna want to check somehow? Like, are you the type that? Maybe somebody who's in the clubhouse, like, hey man, if you don't mind yelling me a score or something like that, are you are you that into it? No, I would never have my trainer open the score <laughs> in the dugout just so I could check it every couple of minutes. <laughs> I would never do such a no, thing. No, definitely not something that you would ever do. And if he's listening, don't forget the game is tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he won't. <laughs> That's so great, dude. That is so great, man. I love that. All right, uh, Caden Grenier. Again, get out and see the Bay Sox, man. Support them. Um, and, and, and get boy, your gas can, right? My God, bring your gas can out. What an atmosphere it is. They're the best team in baseball. They're so much fun to watch. We can't wait to have them here. Caden, remind everybody, uh, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere like that, where are people giving you a follow? Uh, Instagram is probably easiest. It's just at KDYN2. Uh, pretty easy to find me. I'm verified. It's you know, I don't. It's just a good, good time. I don't post too much, but I'm on there all the time. People DM me all the time. By, by the way, well, then, uh, why were you not able to just get? There couldn't be another Caden Grenier that you had to fight for that handle, right? Like, why couldn't you just get? Like, it was just the handle that you wanted. So I don't know. I, I 
it's been my handle on like PlayStation and stuff for okay. years. So right. when I like made my first account back when I was old enough to do it for whatever reason, I was like, you know what? I want to do it like Stick this. Stick with it, yeah. And it's just stuck. And then Twitter gave me the perfect one when it like when I made my Twitter and it suggested and I put in KDYN2. And it was like, well, what about KDYN2? And then C A D Y N, like my actual name, and I was like, "That's genius." <laughs> it makes it I seem though, both in the same username. It made me think that like you changed the spelling of your name like, from at Kane one with point. a K to Kane with yeah. a C. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I did think that might have been the story too, man. I think that might. No, have... no. Hey, man. Uh, congratulations, bro. Uh, happy to see you killing it of late. I mean, you've always been killing it in the field, but happy to see you killing it at the plate, man. Can't wait to see what's yeah. next. It's it's a lot of fun Appreciate watching that. you guys, dude. Thank you for doing this as always. Yeah, anytime, guys. Caden Grenier, great dude. Appreciate him taking the time for us. And yeah, I mean, it's been he's hitting over three hundred. It's been awesome to see him come alive at the plate, and hopefully that continues forever because there has never been a debate Find about himself in the middle of major league infield. If that's, that's the case, there has never been a debate about Caden Grenier as a defensive player at the major leagues. Everyone has said from moment one, this guy can play the position, no problem. Right now, he could be one hundred percent. You could put, really, really you good could put defensive shortstop at the major league level. One hundred percent, he would be able to get the job done. The question has always been, will he be able to hit enough to warrant? getting playing time and you know what he alluded to in that conversation like you know if i if if i'm a 200 hitter you told me gloves are still a thing correct the team would still say well you know we'll we'll get you in the lineup every now and then the jeff rebelay type right like your versatility will help us you can be a late inning defensive replacement and there's you know, a role for that at the big league level. You, you can, can make you a can nice still, career you for yourself still as a major leaguer. In do that, that way, yeah. and be in the top percentage of people that ever played the game of baseball. And then there's the outside chance that oh, if he could just hit two thirty, then yeah, he's a capable starter. He's a guy yeah, that you find right? the value in. Like you know, you know, I get it's not less so these days, perhaps. Correct. But it's tougher now than I it mean, was once upon a time. Slugging over four sixty right Ooh, now. Right now, this guy, this guy is an everyday player soon you know like this guy now again he's got to continue to prove it it's, it can't just be a two-month thing um but this guy is an everyday major league player no quite and it's a high level everyday major league player if it can continue to translate this way we, we kind of have gone from a place where we were like it's barren middle infield to the point where it's you've got more guys playing well than you got spots um. Yeah, I mean, it, I like, understand. There's still <laughs> ways to go between now and the major leagues and having success at that level. But I mean, you can be nothing but encouraged by the progress from Grenier and from obviously Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Westberg. It appears as though there is reason for excitement yep. for the Orioles' future at middle infield. Totally agree. Uh, quickly, not only is uh, Grayson pitching on Sunday, but Mike Bauman is pitching on Saturday. So a couple of great chances to get out and check out the Bay Sox this weekend. Again, BaySox.com. Get your tickets. And as uh, as was pointed out by Caden, you can bring your dogs on Wednesdays. So many great giveaways coming up. All sorts of stuff happening with the Bay Sox. Uh, Paul from Movielando, who got the MILB subscription so he could watch the Bay Sox, said he was uh, checking out Ofelki Peralta. Got a live arm. Is, yeah, I mean, we've known that for some time about Ofelki Peralta, that he can throw hard. He's one of, I believe, eight Orioles minor leaguers currently 
with, or excuse me, one of nine with a strikeout rate north of 30%. Not so, not someone that has been considered a sure thing. But it's command, right? It's command, if yep. he can rein in the arm he has, yep. then who knows? No doubt. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, appreciate again, Caden Grin, you're taking the time for us. Speaking of Father's Day, I encourage you to give the gift of golf this Father's Day. Uh, this is what I was worried about, by the way, dummy. Denmark scored in the second minute. Well, good for them. No, not good for them. Did you bet on Belgium? Yeah. I well, put money down on Belgium. No, not good for me at all. <laughs> Terrible for me. But this is the thing that I was worried about. Power Was sports. them being all... Yeah, exactly right. Being them I all... I tried to tell emotion- you. No, you didn't. You <laughs> a-hole. You did the exact opposite. God, this is why... Should be a fun game, though. Maybe. <laughs> for me. Yeah, for you. <laughs> it doesn't matter to you whatsoever. I didn't put much on it. I think I only put like 25 bucks on it. God, second minute. The second minute, Denmark scores. Uh, an emotional lift after everything they've been through with Christian Eriksen. And I said, I'm a little bit confused about that. I know Belgium's better, but I don't know what to make of the emotional side of things. Should have listened to myself. I'm so mad. Still a lot of time. I'm still mad at myself. God. Hey, don't be mad at yourself because you forgot that Father's Day was Sunday and Dad needed a, a gift. You can cover that right now, and it'll be a gift that he'll love by giving him the gift of golf and the chance to check out the BMW Championship. Tickets for the BMW Championship are available right now at bmwchampionship.com. The PGA Tour's top 70 golfers are coming to Baltimore to compete in the BMW Championship at Caves Valley Golf Club. Secure your tickets right now, bmwchampionship.com. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, two-bit, or wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Thomas Kenzora profiles University of Maryland quarterback Talia Tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line, a look at Coppin State's Olympic connection, and much more. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. 
Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. Glenn Clark Radio. Did, did the original conversation, did that happen on the air or off the air? The original soccer conversation the show. we had. It was before the show. Yeah. I was talking about putting some bets in, and I said, I think I'm going to bet um, Netherlands this afternoon against Austria. Is like, I know that Belgium's a better bet, but I'm, I think I might stay away from that because of Denmark and the emotional side of things. And Kyle's over here like, Belgium's better than the Netherlands. You should definitely bet on Belgium. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you know Look, what's going on with Denmark. If I know Denmark, one geez. thing in worlds, God, it's soccer. Why would I ever even talk to you about this? If I know I sports, have a conversation with you about this topic. International soccer. God. And I was just feeling good because Italy came through for me big time yesterday. They looked pretty good. Made me, they looked great. They looked tremendous. I was feeling good about myself. And after a couple of tough days of betting with Jeremy, I was trying to dig myself out of the hole. And now. <sighs> Here we go. It could be a terrible afternoon for me. Hey, uh, throw um, throw Young Jock uh, on here for a second. Young Jack, um, our intern. So, Jack, um, you're you've launched, or we we're gonna try to do Instagram for the show now. Is that the story? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, correct. Like, talk right into the microphone, man. Come on, man. How do you? Yeah, don't, no, 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 don't, no, no, no. Leave it. Leave it there. Just talk right. right into it. Okay. Right, right, right level for you. Right, right into it. Um, so, so what's, tell me about this. We're going to have a show Instagram page. 
Correct. It's yeah. going to be at Glenn Clark Radio. Okay. Um, yeah. So are you going to put up some video content? Yeah. Or so, are you gonna... well, with the events that we have, you guys have planned tomorrow, we're going to be posting um, some live updates to keep you guys posted on that. So at Glenn Clark Radio. Correct. On Instagram. And can we try to post like video there every day? Yeah. Like the way that we no, are? No, Instagram's going to get, it's going to get booming. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Uh, we're going to get some good content on that. So we need so. everybody. This, this to... is separate from the OnlyFans, right? Yeah. Well, we're still, we're still working on that. We're still, we need Gary Stein back in here for a few more pictures. So at Glenn Clark Radio, Correct. we need people to go start following at Glenn Clark Radio. That is going to be the show Instagram page. Unlike Twitter, where I have meshed the show and myself together in an unhealthy way, and it's just too late for me to people do anything like, about it. I like these tweets about the content, but I don't really yeah, don't care about love his thoughts. Correct. All of the contents, of, uh, all the times I tweet about tennis and the suns. Not exactly the content that everybody's going for. Um, so, so we will have my Instagram where I'll put, post pictures of the kids and then we'll have the show Instagram, which will be for show stuff. Well, we could, we could, we could put pictures of your kids on, if on they, this they do, they do tend to do well. They do <laughs> tend to. <laughs> they give sports yeah, takes. Right. Maybe have them give some sports takes and then we'll put that. Oh, that's not a bad idea at all. Right? Like, Hey boy, what do you think about Denmark and Belgium? <laughs> he would say bet Belgium. <laughs> Correct. That's He'd exactly what minus, minus, minus a half is, minus is a, a lock. Uh, <laughs> I also put some money on Brazil and Colombia today, so we'll see how all those turn out. All right, so at Glenn Clark Radio on Instagram. That's where people should be following. That's what that's that's the main takeaway from that is that we've launched an Instagram page. There's nothing there yet, is there? Just a picture of you right now. Can we switch that to the show logo? We are going of? to. Thank you. We Appreciate that. Let's switch that to the show logo, and then uh, we'll start uh, we'll start doing some more Instagram stuff tomorrow. All right, very good. Uh, today's show also brought to you by. Window Nation. They've got an amazing offer for you right now at Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows. No money down. No interest. No payments. No nothing for two full years. No catch. There's nothing in the fine print. It's just an unbelievable offer for you. 866-90Nation or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. Tidbit. Yes. So... The Orioles, uh, we didn't love it, but it happened. Yeah. Uh, Mullins did get a double in the first inning. We got that going for us. Over his last 13 games after said double, that put his average at 451. I don't know if that's good or not, but I think it's all right. Mm. So uh, it also put him atop the AL leaderboard in hits again with 81. So kudos to Cedric Mullins. He continues to just be a revelation this year for the Baltimore Orioles at a time when there aren't as many as maybe we hoped. But still, he's been opening eyes. Now they will have to go face off against the Blue Jays, who I don't know if people really realize, but they're really kind of doing what the Orioles are trying to do. By the way, you know, it's funny. We were talking about yesterday about that would-you-rather scenario with Adley Rutschman and, like, how a pedestrian year could be bad. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. would be the sure. example of why don't don't read. But his value was only tied to his bat, and he was very I, chubby I, at the beginning. I understand, but I just don't read too much sure. into a small sample size. Sure. Now, the Blue Jays, as far as offense is concerned, an important distinction here, mm-hmm. have been damn good. Over a three-day span, three days ago, Yes, they had 62 balls that registered at 95 plus miles per hour off of the bat 62 the second place teams had 42 they had 20 more as their young players have been squaring the baseball they don't even have george springer is is joe panic a third baseman now He's been playing some third for them. What, what is that about? What I mean, he's a utility man, I think, realistically, if I had to guess. Okay. 
Uh, the Blue Jays are, well, good. I don't know if you saw the hitting. thing last night. Ross Stripling. Yeah, he did show up his third not, base. Not, yeah. not something you're supposed to be doing. No. The pitching for the Blue Jays has left something to be desired, though they do have some talented young arms. Alec Manoa is uh, going to be pretty good, I have to say. But their bullpen since May 20th, less talented. Uh, they rank 13th in baseball in batting average against. So you think that's not that bad? 13th? What are there? 30 teams? That's pretty good. Well, they rank 26th in ERA. They rank 29th in blown saves and 30th by a extremely wide margin in walks per nine and wins above Why replacement. Why don't you just marry them? Like what the hell, man? You're just going in about how great they are. Are you not listening? I am. You're not. I don't know. What talking, talking about how bad their bullpen's been. That. So. Okay. Uh, they can hit, though. They have the most home runs in baseball. The only team with more than 100 at this point in the season is the Blue Jays with 103. Okay. There are two teams, however, with 99. Which ones? Um, it's probably not the Yankees. They haven't scored many runs this year. It's not. I'll give you a hint. Also not the Orioles. No. Now, wait a second. Yeah. Now, wait or a second. Or the Diamondbacks. No? No. Okay, if you're just going to take I'm not eliminating the Pirates. Thank you. That is, it's very much a possibility. I feel like, uh, I'm going to say the Angels. You'd be wrong. It feels like Shohei Otani has about 99. Mike Trout playing would have helped probably. It would have helped, I agree. But sh- I don't, have you seen They're Shohei Otani? three-man team. Actually, no, Walsh has been really good too. That Jared I Walsh guy. Oh, yeah, I do know who that is. Uh, the Reds. Negative. And a long I'm really drive ba- to left. I, but I'm really just basing it off the guys that I know have hit home runs. The Winkler, I believe, has hit the a few. Yes. The the Padres. Nope. Remember they see were the, OPSing like. I know, but did you see the one Tatis hit the other day? I mean, he alone has like twenty one. I, I think right he hit now. one yesterday that was like four hundred seventy feet, something like that. He's incredible. The Red Sox. No. The Cubs. Nope. The Twins. 99 for the Twins, despite being underwhelming thus far this season. The Braves. No. The Athletics. Nope. It's tough to hit home runs. Although Otani hit one the other day out there. Um, The Dodgers. No. How about the... How about the Astros? Nope. I, I don't know. The White Sox. The, the the Brewers. Nope. The Phillies. Nope. The Indians. Mm-mm. The Royals. No. The Tigers. No. The uh the 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 Mets. Nope. The 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 Nationals. No. That doesn't make any sense. The Rays. Uh-uh. The Marlins. Nope. The Royals. No, you said that already. I might have the Rangers. No. The you guessed the Royals and Rangers twice. Or have Rangers. I? The no, Rangers know. not twice, but the Royals twice before. The Cardinals, no. the Rockies, no. the Mariners. No. The I feel like I've named all the teams. Who have I not named? I can't think of a team I haven't named. There is one that you haven't named at least. I swear I've named all the teams. No, and plus the teams that you said they weren't. You haven't named those technically, but no, it's. I did give that away. You didn't name Pirates yet. The Pirates? No. <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense in the world. Of course, neither of the... All right, just t- Who did I not name? 
With 99 home I'm gonna runs. S- I swear it's going to be a team that I named. It's not. And, you know, surprisingly, it's indicative of maybe how good they're doing. Their catcher has 12, and a guy maybe you didn't expect would get there again. 99 for the San Francisco Giants. I really not say the Giants. You have not. Buster Posey has 12 home runs right now. No, I did not. I did not know that. I did not know that. So good for them. All right. Tidbit was also brought to you by Tucker Fest coming up June 27th. Jerry's Toyota meet and greet passes available right now. Great8smemorabilia.com with the number eight. Great8smemorabilia.com is how you get your meet and greet passes to hang out with the greatest kicker of all time. The event itself, a free family fun event. Dunk Tank, we're raising money for the Brigance Brigade. By the way, that's where the meet and greet pass money goes going to. Uh, also, live music, Joey Harkham, Dave Teef. Going to be cornhole tournament, food vendors, just so much going on. It's going to be an awesome day. One week from this Sunday at Jerry's Toyota. Get your meet and greet passes, grade8smemorabilia.com. Tubular is brought to you today by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible, 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for a free analysis. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular. Well, the Orioles are this afternoon, actually, so you don't have to wait till tonight to find out if the Orioles are going to snap the funk as Jorge Lopez is on the mound against Eli Morgan, 1 o'clock on Masson. It's also on MLB Network and the rest of the country because why wouldn't more people want to see that? Locally, uh, MLB Network will have Giants, uh, Diamondbacks, Giants, and then that's oh, actually that's late this afternoon, and then Yankees, Blue Jays for everybody tonight at seven. YouTube Tigers, Angels at nine thirty. U.S. Open coverage is already underway on Peacock. It starts on the Golf Channel in ten minutes and then moves to NBC tonight at seven. After that, NBC has the U.S. Swimming Trial, the Olympic Swimming Trials at ten. Coverage of that starts at six thirty on NBCSN. Then NBCSN has Lightning Islanders Game 3 at 8. Euro continues right now. Denmark and Belgium don't want to talk about it on ESPN. Netherlands-Austria at 3. Then Game 6 with Nets and Bucks tonight at 8.30 on ESPN. Atlanta Dream, Washington Mystics at 7 on NBC Sports Washington. CBS Sports Network for Minnesota Lynx, Dallas Wings at 8. New York Liberty, Las Vegas Aces at 10. FS1, Copa America, Colombia, Venezuela at 5. Brazil and Peru at 8. WWE Network for NXT UK at 3. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, Peyton Manning's on Seth Meyers. I don't know why. Uh, he's uh, He's got a new show on NBC. Though. He's the host of a college trivia show. It's the hmm. Capital One yeah, something why, or why other. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah. Um, there's a documentary on Viceland about the wrestler China at 9 o'clock. Okay. Um, is it a documentary or is it Dark Side of the Ring? It's a documentary. Uh, Holy Moly sure? returns on ABC. 8 o'clock. Check it out. Stuff and things. Check it all out on ClarkRadio.com. Speaking of Job, uh, Will Arnett's on court. Mm, how about that? How about that? It's called Vice Versa. Oh, I'll probably look at that at some point. I'll probably take a look. All right. Uh, today, uh, Tubular was also brought to you today by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Thanks today to Caden Grenier. Thanks also to Sal Fralick, potential Orioles first-round pick. As well as to Jamie and Christian to help us, uh, who helped us remember uh, Coach Jim Phelan. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glenclarkradio.com. 
On the program tomorrow, Andrew Stecka will join us in studio doing shots of tuna fish and sardine juice off the ice luge every 10 minutes. In a shark costume. He'll be dressed as a shark. We've seen the costume. Love it. Um, Have not gotten confirmation as to whether he will wear the shark costume down the slip and slide at my party on Saturday, but I'm hoping he will. That would be wonderful. I imagine he's in the business of hoping to preserve it. I mean, I don't know if he's got big (laughs) plans. Um, he will also be performing Baby Shark. We got a John Proctor quiz. It's been a long time. Uh, Steck and I battling it out. Jemai Jones has been on fire. Yeah, for the Norfolk Ties. I was a little bit worried after we booked this that he might get called up. Yeah, me too. But, uh, Still not impossible, but yeah. you know, Jemai Jones cross. scheduled to join us tomorrow morning and stuff and things. Indeed. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil. KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter at Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go, Birds. Go, Belgium. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. <laughs>